Thank you, Commissioner Alexander. Commissioner Fisher? Here. Commissioner Lamb? Here. Commissioner Matamidi? Here. Commissioner Sanchez, Vice President Wiseman Ward? Here. President Bogus? Here. Thank you. Recognizing uh, Commissioner Sanchez. Uh, and I think with that, uh, we will uh, transition into uh, the board going into closed session. Uh, and so at this time, I will call to see if there's any speakers for the items listed on the agenda for closed session. Seeing none in person. Do we have any uh, virtual public? Oh, you know what? Seeing, seeing none. Any virtual participants uh, for public comment on closed session? Yep. No hands raised. Thank you so much. I now recess the meeting at 5:02. SFGov TV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television. SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
to open session for our special meeting at 6.37 p.m. Uh, and we will start with the readout from uh, the closed session report. <clears throat> In one matter of anticipated litigation, the board, by a vote of seven yeses, gives direction to the general counsel. On a vote of seven to zero, oh, the board voted to approve the settlement in federal court case number 319-CV-08177. In the matter of Posey versus SFUSD United States District Court for the Northern District of California case number 323-CV-026266-JSD 026266 the board by a vote of seven yeses gives the authority of the district to pay up to the stipulated amount. In the matter of student MW versus San Francisco Unified School District, OAH number two, 202307-0158, the board, by a vote of seven yeses, gives the authority of the district to pay up to the stipulated amount. Um, and that concludes the readout from closed session. And with that, the board will transition into our sitting around a table together. Okay, well, if we could, so we don't have dueling mics. The wireless mic, unless we need to, unless someone feels strongly different. Take one and pass it around. I already printed it. Okay. I have. Oh, same? Yeah. Oh, please. One, two. Oh, do you want me to? I don't know. But yours are nice and stable. That's good. Hi, I'm not. Yeah. I'll scoot you. Okay. I have that. I have that. Yeah. Is this the same as those? Yeah, it's the same as what was on board. Okay. You guys are here? Yeah. Okay, that's right. Over here. I know. I'm going to steal one. I don't know how to operate it. Oh, it has a cap on it. Sorry, wasn't trying to click, but. Oh my gosh, it's a good thing. Those beds are crazy. I didn't purchase those. Listen, how much do these cost? I didn't buy those. They were there before. So, commissioners are ready. I'm going to pass it to the superintendent um, to get us started. We have AJ here. First slide yes. for the board of yes. 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 
Good evening, everyone. It's um, great to be here for this uh, workshop on the board self-evaluation. Just want to start. I've been coming to board members. Uh, uh, board, I've been coming to board meetings for eleven years now. I've been coming to board meetings for eleven years now, and this will be the first time that a board of education has done a self-evaluation at a meeting I've been at. So I appreciate your engaging in this process. Um, and holding yourselves accountable to the work that you committed to over a year ago. And uh, yeah, and so this is really your meeting um, that will be facilitated by AJ Crabble. Uh, the goals of the meeting are, I'm moving now. Um, Give it an opportunity for you to reflect on your efforts to engage in student outcomes focused governance and um, identify changes to improve governance. And so I'll do a brief overview of the evaluation process um, and the, the time analysis we did. And then AJ will lead you in the self evaluation discussion. And then we'll talk about next steps. And. Um, so you're familiar with this, but just so the public knows that um, the Council of Great City Schools who've been working with on student outcomes focused governance has a self-evaluation tool. Um, you completed the tool yourselves. The results of the individual assessments are shared with the entire board. You have that report in front of you and it's attached to board docs. Then we'll have our conversation and we'll identify our next steps. And um, then also we did do a time analysis just to see how were we spending our time. And so last year when we adopted the uh, vision value goals and guardrails, we talked about spending half of our meeting time focused on student outcomes. Now, there was a recognition that last year that wasn't necessarily going to happen because the goals that we had established, I needed to establish interim goals, we needed to understand the baseline, and we didn't have any strategies yet in place to start working towards those goals. But we did start doing progress monitoring last year for the second half of the year with the interim goals identified to at least talk about our baseline for the goals and the interim goals and some of the strategies we we're planning to put in place for this year. Um, so. Uh, so we did note when we did that, and then there were some other areas where we, we kind of put uh, a few buckets around how did the spend, board spend its time on board governance, discussion items, public comment. And so you see here, um, last year we spent 87 hours together in this room uh, for the year, and this is how we spent the time. Um, and over 10% was on board governance. So you did do a fair amount of work to set up the, the structure that we have now. Uh, and then you see for the year only 5.7% was spent on student outcomes. However, when you look for March, which from March to the end of the year represents about a quarter of the year, uh, you see there was m you know, more um, time spent on student outcomes. Um, and uh, you also see we spend time on, on budget as well as other areas. And so expect this figure to grow this year as we have now regular progress monitoring scheduled for uh, each month. So with that, um, you have the evaluation report in front of you. And I'll turn it over to AJ Crabble to start our discussion. Dr. Wayne, is it possible to get a breakdown of what goes into these buckets of, in the pie charts? Uh, yeah, it's on here. So, do you want me to walk through this more? All right. These, 
what goes into these pie charts? Yeah. It's yeah, so like the action item refers to when but the board took action. So, you know, anything that came forward for action was counted in that time, except for budget, because... Is there a list of what, of each of, like, the... On the slides, I think. No, 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 I mean, that's yeah. what I'm saying, like, can you give a, like, is there a list of what went into the other category? Is there a list... Oh, of, the other, yeah. Uh, or, you know, like, when you say, you know, like, just like... Yeah, other a, is... A more, no, 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 I mean, like, the specific... No, we didn't, we didn't went. focus in on each individual item and how long each item lasted. No, I'm like, say, what... How was this tallied? How was this time? That's, I think, what I'm, I'm asking for a better, yes. more delineated... So we reviewed the videos from the meetings. Okay. And so like like the other section, right? So we'd look at the beginning and from... Because uh, it mainly came with the, you know, with the beginning. And so we'd look and see, okay, if it was a superintendent's report, you know, uh, the emergency update, that went into other. And then when public comment started, we'd look and see the time for public comment. So do you have a list of, of those that we could see, like... Could you give us a detailed, a more detailed version of what went into those? I'm sorry, I'm still not totally following. So, what do you mean, a more detailed version of what went into? So, you listed like the emergency updates as an example. Could you give us the list of what goes into those? Do you have the slide deck pulled up, That's what I'm pointing to the screen here. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm not sure. Am I missing something? Yes, yes, I am so tight. So I think we should maybe come back to this particular point and I figure out if there's okay. additional yeah. levels of good. detail of how yeah. we're monitoring, yeah. how we're tracking it, and just to kind of have more clarity on kind of the metrics that we're holding ourselves to. Because we do have a list of things here, but I think it would be helpful for as we move forward to kind of have more detail on it. And we can kind of follow up and go deeper. And so I guess right now we're going to transition to AJ facilitating us through this next part. Is that correct? Yes. Go ahead, AJ. Good evening. Good evening. You could. Look over the control and zoom. You could remove the slideshow, please. All right. Uh, thank you for uh, having me. Uh, board members, why do you want your educators to? participate in self-evaluation. So imagine your teachers, your principals, the folks who are at the front lines of providing education for your students. Why would you want them to engage in self-evaluation? Why would you want them to be reflective of their practice? Maybe we'll ask people to raise a hand and then I can call on folks to respond. That's appropriate. As a student, I think, as a student personally, I think it's helpful in group discussion form, specifically within the classroom. I think it's helpful when it's like the students evaluate themselves as well as the educators evaluating themselves so that everybody can understand what other people think that they're doing well because especially with things that are being miscommunicated, as in a teacher, an educator thinks that they are succeeding in getting a certain point across or meeting a certain standard, or a student assumes or believes that they are meeting their educator's standard, and then finding out that that is not true is kind of the first step to progressing towards meeting that standard. That is at least from a student's standpoint. Yeah, the, the insight you offer is spot on. 
and that this is about continuous improvement, and that sometimes it's hard to see that for myself unless I'm taking some time to really sort through it and to really hold myself to an expectation to figure out, did I actually have the impact I intended? But in some evaluation, we're not questioning the intent, uh, but we are evaluating what was the impact, recognizing the intention is not enough, the impact is what we seek. Uh, but, but the insight that you offer, I think, is spot on. This is about continuous improvement. It's about recognizing sometimes it takes a little bit of a eventual perspective to figure out what is the impact that I've had as compared to what was my intention. Yeah, anyone else? Why would you want your educators to self evaluate, to really be involved in reflective practice? Why would you want that? We had another hand from the commission. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm happy to. Please. Yeah, I, I appreciate the question and I would like to echo um, the student delegate's comment. I, I, I think that when we are, like we are as as adult learn, as adults, we are also learners and we need to be engaged in, in the, the, we've talked about the growth mindset and one of the ways that I think that we, that sort of the pedagogy talks about is as adult learners, we need to iterate, we need to reflect, we need to think about what were our intended actions, what were our consequences, um, how did they match up? How did they not? And then decide how and when we need to pivot. And we can't make those intentional decisions unless we are looking back to see how did we do, what went well, and why did it go well so that we can do it again, or what didn't go well and why didn't it go well so that we can avoid those pitfalls in the future. So I also think it's about accountability. Um, we're asking, you know, we that, that many adults in the classrooms are asking students to think about how to engage in work and, and, and reflect and, 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 and embrace that growth mindset and in order um, for us to, to make sure that our students are doing it, we need to be doing it as, as the adults in the room as well. Absolutely. Thank you. Anyone else before we transition? Why would you want your educator to engage in reflective practice and engage in self-evaluation? Why would you want that? <laughs> I feel like I'm Donnie Osmond or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, sing, sing. How do I do it? Jackson has turned it on for you right now. Okay. Test. Um, I was just going to say teachers specifically so that they can have the opportunity to learn to everything that everybody has said, but ultimately so our students will be successful so that they, so our teachers know that they're providing and creating an environment and are getting the supports that they need in order to support our students' ability to be successful and have the skills and learning that they need um, to, to uh, move on from grade to grade. Or subject matter. So why am I starting a conversation about board self-evaluation with that question? Why is that the question of starting board self-evaluation discussion? Because as we always say, <coughs> student outcomes don't change until adult behaviors change. It's still going to be predictable. <laughs> uh, I, I absolutely maintain that student outcomes don't change until adult behaviors change. The, the, the things that I want to see for my students, I have to be willing to demonstrate those environmental behavior first, uh, such as the occasion that brings us together this evening. Things that will not work. It doesn't work uh, to create a space of defensiveness because this isn't about good or bad or right or wrong. Your intentions 
are not uh, being judged this evening. Your impact is, your actions are, certainly, but not for the purpose of determining if you're good people or bad people, you know, good board members or bad board members, but just for the purpose of identifying, okay, great, so what are we going to do next? That's the intention here, is that you have an opportunity to lead by example. How do we want conversations about adult behavior and performance to occur within our school system? We want that to be a safe space that is definitely looking at our adult behavior, um, but again, not to demonize, but to continuously improve. You know, or do we want evaluations about adult behavior to descend into figure pointing and accusations and acro? This evening, you get an opportunity to really lead the culture that you want your students to experience. That's what's really most at stake. Now, certainly, there's a continuous improvement opportunity here. But, but, I, but I want you to lead it to the, the cultural leadership of this evening's conversation. With that, with that as our opening, I want to dive directly into the evaluation. So the nature of the evaluation, as you all already went through it individually, is that it really looks at what are the specific behaviors that board members can engage in, that there seems to be some evidence that are aligned with improvements in student outcomes. And so as we go through it, there are specific behaviors that we're looking for. And what I'm listening for is what is the evidence? And if you cannot provide evidence, then that just means we're going to treat it as if it hasn't, it, that behavior hasn't been made manifest to it. If you can provide evidence, then excellent. But it's not going to be a matter of, uh, I, I think we may have done this at some point. And be prepared to speak with confidence around it. Here's the evidence that we did this over here. Here's the meeting of which this took place. So with that, I want to dive in. You all conducted the board self-evaluation, and you scored each of these focus areas yourselves. Do you all have that document in front of you? Yes. yes. All right, then let's dive into the very first section, which is vision and goals. Now, you all were all over the place, and so we want to dive into this one. I would argue this is, especially being the first page, the most important one. Um, you all have a range from the highest possible marks in your self-evaluation uh, to, uh, to much higher than that. We need to figure out which it is. So uh, the floor is open. What score do you say the board has, and what evidence do you offer to suggest that? The floor is open. There's not student outcomes focused, approaching student outcomes focused, meeting student outcomes focused, and mastering student outcomes focused. Of those four columns, uh, the question is, where are you at right now? And as a reminder, you all know this, but for everybody else, the way this works is that you start at the far left with not student outcomes focused. If you uh, complete those items, then you move to the next. But only if you complete all of those items, then you move to the next. And only if you complete those items, you move on to the next. So you can't be at master's student outcomes focus if you haven't completed all the items before that in meeting student outcomes focus. So as a reminder, what you're looking for is how far to the right did we make it and what evidence is there of that. So with that as a quick reminder of how the instrument works, the floor is open. On vision and goals, the board will, in collaboration with the superintendent, adopt goals for student outcomes focus. How do you self-score? Yes, I 
Um, AJ, this is Matt Alexander. I um, just want to make a comment about that last point because I actually think I miss, I may have misunderstood how this rubric was constructed because in my experience with scoring rubrics, uh, the way I've used them has been that they have descriptors when scoring student work and that you try to um, align the quality of the work with the rubric, the rubric number that is most aligned um, or most closely aligned, not that you have to meet all the criteria in a particular category before you move to the next. So I, I think I may have, when I scored, I think I was doing what I described and how I had used rubrics in the classroom as a former educator. Uh, so uh, that, may, that may explain some of the, the variance. <laughs> Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah, but, but this is why we do this. Yeah, 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 for sure. focus uh, in regards to our goals and vision and just kind of the way that I, I read through it and articulate it as far as like what we've set up and what we're trying to do feels to be um, seems to be on point um, yeah why would you say meeting focus without the investment focus so what, what is the next step that you all need to really follow through on from your perspective to go from meeting focus to investment focus I'm not the most articulate right now, but it just, it just doesn't feel like we've done the things in that mastering category, um, and like we've really kind of fully analyzed everything. Um, it feels like we're still in the process of, of getting there, and we're still early in this process. Um, that's just kind of my assessment. I, I could be more specific if helpful. I don't know if others have thoughts they want to add in. Or... Yeah, I was, so, and I was, um, I didn't have us meetings to outcomes focus yet, although I, I thought we were close. Um, and specifically, the one that stood out to me, I thought in reading the Approaching Student Outcomes Focus 10 that we had gotten there. Um, but on the meeting student outcomes focus, um, when I, and maybe I was looking at the wrong document, but when I went back to look at the interim goals, for example, we, we have great, I, I like our interim goals. I don't know that I saw interim goals all the way up to, for example, 2027, which is what I understood that second paragraph to be about, that we have interim goal ending points for each year leading up to the ending date. And assuming ending date is that five year, that, that 2027, I don't think we had that. So that's why I didn't think that we, um, we could give ourselves the 25 points. Yeah, this is a great question. So in this particular case, when it's talking about the ending points for your interim goals, uh, it's actually meaning for the interim goal itself. And the interim goals generally last one to three years, uh, unless there's a pretty compelling reason, I recommend that they last three years. But sometimes for data reasons or implementation reasons, they might last only one or two. But whatever the length of term of the interim goals is, that's how long, and same with interim guardrails, that's how long you would expect the 
uh, annual targets to reach out. So if it's a three-year interim goal, then you'd expect annual targets for each of those three years. So we don't need interim goals going all the way up to the, the end of the five years? Or, or so yeah, yeah, great question. So interestingly enough, most of the time, no. But that's only because implementation, what's happening on the ground in the classrooms, tends to evolve and grow and change more rapidly than your goals do. And so that's why your interim goals, the, the data that's tracking implementation at the building level and, um, is likely to change more frequently than your goals do. So the goals, solid, they, they're going to last five years. But the interim goals, it may only last one to three years. Um, and, that's, and that's pretty, pretty normal. So may I, if, I, if I may just add on, since the superintendent develops the interim goals, this was a learning experience for me too, because I had understood, you'll see all the interim goals are only for next school year. Part of it is because of what we talked about, like we're changing our data assessment system, and so then as we implement a new assessment system that is more predictive of the outcomes we're seeking, might have to adjust the goals. But I did understand them for each one, it was for the next year, and then you progress monitor during the year and set a new interim for the following year based on your progress monitoring. So uh, I was at, as I saw you doing the self-evaluation, I realized, wait a second, what was my understanding, and AJ and I, talk that through but I so yes our interim goals right now are only for a year Got it. Doesn't say that. but isn't it okay like the green column meeting student outcomes focus says all interim goals last from one to three years right yes that's correct so it could be one year that, that is correct yeah that's why I put that was why I put the meeting student outcomes focus because I felt like we had done all of those but maybe I misunderstood again what annual targets were exactly but I thought those were, I thought interim goals were like the, inter, the annual targets. But I guess that's referring actually to the annual targets for the overall goal, yeah? I had sure. the same that's, question. I thought, yeah. yeah, I did the same thing. Several people had the same question, AJ. But I would say technically we did meet it. So well, that's why I was saying. We're following literally yeah. what AJ is saying, and they're all at least one year. But, but that's why there's not multiple ones. That's I just wanted right. to clarify okay. that. So I was actually back at not student outcomes focused. Um, I, I definitely thought that there was portions of approaching student outcomes focus and meeting student outcomes focus, but the thing that I was hung up on is just being able to distinguish between inputs, outputs, and outcomes, and that wasn't necessarily so much because the board doesn't intend to or isn't interested in, but I'm... Um, more hung up on the fact that the board is not given facts and data and evaluation and assessments related to student outcomes in order to make decisions that are focused on student outcomes. Um, and I, you know, many, I brought this up in several public meetings um, and offline meetings as well as just even just the way our consent agenda is presented to us. There's a lot of, um, significant amounts of money and contracting and consultants and activity that is core and central to the activities and to carrying out the student outcomes, yet the board really just doesn't have visibility into how they are connected to the goals, um, let alone interim goals and so forth. So I, I felt very stuck on, um, in that column. 
because of that reason. So, what, so let's take that as a reflection. What might uh, you have done differently? This is Freddie board members. Uh, let's imagine that you all have struggled connecting the dots between your outcomes, the goals that you want to see that describe what your students should be able to do. The outputs, these are the interim goals that help you measure throughout the year if you're looking in the direction of goals. And the inputs, these are all the action items to all vote on. So let's imagine you know, the next point is, is spot on, that you all have not done a great job of knowing how those dots are connected. What could you do as a board that would really support your growth in that area? I, I, I can go and then if other people, I mean, is this resonating for, um, so one of the areas, going back to my consent calendar example, is really having, within our contracting process, having clarity about um, the purpose, how it's connected to the goals, which students are being served, how it's being affirmed, having a, um, a staff uh, sponsor, um, and not just assuming automatic renewal and doing this kind of what we're doing here today, the continuous learning, like it's not about intent, it's about what happened and how we can improve upon or rethink or grow what is working. Um, but having that part of how we approach our contracts and, um, and really all of our activities. But that's just one example. I don't know if others have. So before we move on to the next section, I want to finish up your vision goals. Anyone else? So we've heard several different ideas of where you all might be. Anyone else have thoughts of where, what your performance on this first edit, this first area is, vision goals? Um, I, <laughs> uh, similar to Commissioner Matomedy, I scored us at zero, and it wasn't for, and I think everyone has done a great job of really leaning into this process this year. I think where I'm stuck, and I used the rubric, AJ, I think I cheated. I used what we got in our um, session last semester, not the one that's in the manual. There's a fifth line here that says, the organization has not identified who their community is or a process for gauging their vision. And I think for me, what got me stuck with that was we're still wrapping our brain, our brain around what community engagement looks like, You know, what our parent advisory committee, our QT pack, you know, all, all of that other stuff. And so um, uh, while we checked many boxes in the approaching student um, outcomes focus, meeting student outcomes focus, mastering, uh, you know, as, as I learned in the process, if you don't have all the boxes checked here, you stay at zero. So that's where I was. I was just going to add, um, just I think with us being new in this process and these goals being new and the interim goals being new and I think us having questions around do we have the right assessment assessments in place to really monitor and track the things that we care most about to kind of express our progress. I feel there's a little bit of like tension in regards to that of like we're using the best information we have but not necessarily the things that we want to really kind of ground our, our vision and goals and so I think 
um, just to add that as another element for us to reflect on as we uh, evaluate ourselves. Um, others with comments or thoughts? I feel that the composite score of like saying that it's approaching is definitely what I'm seeing as still definitely somebody who's very much new to this. Like you're all new to this, but I am coming straight in and approaching because I'm actively watching things change and happen because of wanting to get closer to the ideal score. For example, um, reorganizing the consent calendar and making it a lot clearer what's going on feels student-focused because that is automatically making the meetings more accessible to students. And that in and of itself shows to me that there is definitely, you are definitely approaching. First, thank you all for just diving in and offering all the different perspectives. Question uh, before we move forward, Asia? Uh, yes. I do have a question. Actually, this, this is related to Commissioner Fisher's comment and question about the, um, I just want to make sure I'm understanding like what these, these things mean. So um, for the, um, Commissioner Fisher noted that her, one of the concerns about us not moving out of the zero category, that not student outcomes focus was because we still don't, we're not sat, nearly satisfied with what community engagement looks like. And I, I agree 100%. Um, I think where I, I, I view this paragraph, though, as relating to the work that we did vis-a-vis -vis developing our vision and goals and not necessarily something more broader. So I think if it is something broader, I'm, I'm with you. I think if it's about the work that went into creating the vision, value, goals, and guardrails, then, then I do think we did that because we had many, many, many meetings. So I guess I would just love some clarification. What is this about generally our engagement processes with community or our community process as it related to coming up with our vision and values? Maybe so it would help. I appreciate the question. AJ, can I so read this? this the, one, so this section, vision and goal, is specifically about whatever community connection you all did to set your goals. Later on, when we get to monitoring accountability, uh, communication and collaboration, there's more in there about your larger systems for engaging with your community. Um, so this section is just specific to goal setting, just like the next one is just specific to guardrail setting. But that larger observation around, do we have meaningful systems for listen for regularly listen to the vision values of our community that is a very important question uh, it's just not the question being asked okay. on this specific page thank you yeah it, i used the wrong word it is asked but basically uh, and, and so looking into this uh the, the one question that i would ask is uh to what extent if you uh do you all have your interim goals and interim guardrails um, in hand, and is there a calendar uh, for monitoring things? So, do you all have all of your interim goals and interim guardrails? That's the first question. Mm -hmm. yeah. Have we ever seen it in one place? 
I don't know that I've ever been given that as a handout. I, and, or is it Which on the website? Yeah, it's, it's on the board docs. It's on yeah, the so it's still in this format. That's yeah, it's not. Wonky. It's it's There's still all red lines. Yeah. yeah. So on our website are, is are the updated ones that I don't think they're uh, looking at. Um, on our webpage, they're, they're there. It's not easy to find. Yeah, it's I, there, but it's not. I, yeah, you have to know what you're looking for. Well, it's yeah, under it's our mission and vision. Yeah. But if but you, search, you have to do you like good. Yeah. You have to if you go to the main website, you have to do like five or six clicks to get down to it. So it's which those of us who are willing to dig great. So if folks want to find the page on the website we're talking about, you would go to sfusd.edu and then go to about and oh, then yeah, go to our mission and vision. It's a drop-down tab kind of next to the logo uh, if you'd want to access that to see what the superintendent is, is uh, lifting up. Yeah. It sends you to, like, the internal. <laughs> I think we maybe are at a place where, did you have an additional question to that one, AJ, or should we come back and answer that now that we've looked at the website? Okay, so now that you're looking at the the thing you want to do is you want to look at what are the items in this particular section that speak to your inference um, and, and just verify it because the part that you all are responsible for as a board are definitely the goals. The part the superintendent is responsible is the inference goals. And so before you walk away from this, this is your official time each year that you need to make sure that you have done your part of making sure that Interim goals that all exist and that they meet the expected criteria. The fact that any of you uh, are have curiosity about that means that before you move on, you want to stop and just verify that that's the case. Um, on the one page, looks nice. On the website, it's without the structure. So AJ, would you mind repeating what you what your question is, what your charge to us is in this moment? Yeah, so yeah, in, in the instrument, it says a few things about your interviews. Uh, the one is that the superintendent adopted in collaboration with the board. Uh -huh. One to three interim goals to progress monitoring each goal and each interim was smart. Yeah. Uh, there's also the expectation that each one is able to be updated multiple times during each year. Um, and then further, it suggests that all of them must pertain to student outputs, yeah. not adult outputs, um, that uh, they need to last three or five years, uh, that they need to challenge the organization from part of behavior change, um, and then finally that they need to be, uh, have, there needs to be some evidence in relation between the interim goal and the goal, and that it's actually influential with staff. So these are the things in that first page vision and goals that were describes you for insurance. As part of your self-evaluation, you need to know are those things true for our insurance or not. So this is your official time to take a moment to do so. Oh, I see. So I have a well, screen here. here. Uh, I share it. So, if you could, yeah. so about mission and vision. So that you're just focused on the interim goals right now, right? Mm -hmm. That, that is correct. Yeah. And you scroll down at the bottom of your yeah. interim, so, interim goals and guardrails. And that brings up this presentation. So what you want to do as a board is you want to take a moment and just ask yourselves the question. Um, 
are are they here? Do they exist? Uh, have are they updated multiple times per year? Are they smart? Uh, just the basic things that are expected in the instrument. So just take a moment and glance through those. You just want to affirm for yourself that either it's true or it's not. I think we might have comments. Uh, if it's yeah, and it's definitely not about do you like them or agree with them. Mm -hmm. It is about do they exist and do they meet the expected criteria. I'll just comment. I think they do exist. However, as a board, I feel like just in the exercise that we've just gone through in the last five minutes, that perhaps I think we've been really focused on governance, you know, the vision, values, and goals and guardrails. But the key word to me, um, and I think I'm going to be jumping a little bit ahead around the mo monitoring accountability, is that the key word around collaboration with the superintendent. Um, and certainly we've had public discussions around the superintendent bringing forward his goals and um, the interim goals and guardrails. I think for me, we've been course correcting to where we acknowledge the role of the board and the role of the superintendent and that, you know, what is policy and what is VVGG. I think in this year moving forward, and that's where I assessed us, is that I actually would like to dive deeper on the monitoring aspect um, so that we can be clear um, from the interim progress. For example, you know, we're actually quite off the mark already from the last presentation from the superintendent on a few of the goals, and I'm not really clear about both adjustments looking ahead of what is necessary for the acceleration in order to even meet either those interim annual goals and furthermore to actually meeting those goals. So I think we've had some initial discussion. So that's something that is top of mind for me is to deepen our discussions around the interims. I guess building upon that, when the question of whether they're SMART goals, the achievable part is in question for me. Uh, say more about that. Um, I, I, building upon what Commissioner Lamb was saying, I don't have confidence and I'm not seeing enough monitoring um, to know what's happening, what activities are taking place, wh where we are making progress, where we aren't. So the achievable part hasn't been fleshed out to me as a commissioner, even though that they, you know, they follow the framework of SMART. Can you give us an example of that? Um, I mean, I'm just gonna, like, just the first, first one okay. for, because it's here. Um, and it's up on the screen yeah. too. So the first one, one from um, the percentage of African American and Pacific Islander kindergarten students meeting grade level proficiency will increase from 24% in June 2022 to 48% by June 2024. That would be great, but I don't have an understanding of what 
this happening. Um, and, and I'm not saying that there aren't things happening. That is not what I'm trying to convey. I'm just saying as a commissioner, I don't well understand what is being implemented or underway to get there. Does that answer? Can I clarify that a little bit? Can I build, to build on, so to recognize this goal here going, the main goal going from 52% proficiency to 70% to follow up on this, that actually is a good example of us taking community feedback because I remember initially when I was sitting in the audience before I was here, many of us pushed back and said the initial goal wasn't ambitious enough, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so this, so, so yes, that there's then some tension with the achievable. Um, and then the question to go back to monitoring then becomes we've got the new reading curriculum, we have all these things, so where I, I think a lot of it for me comes back to when are we going to see the through line to resource alignment? I don't know if that's a, maybe where you're going with that. Right? Um, so, uh, and what one of the things that we were wrap, we are wrapping our brain around as a district too, we had this conversation earlier, is we're not always doing everything that we aspirationally hope to do. And where do we have the opportunity to talk through that, right? And, and share that information with the public at large. So um, hopefully this process will be part of that. Um, I, th I think that's a good place to stop. So if I can uh, chime in to uh, is, no, th and I think, AJ, this is the point of both this feedback and the monitor progress monitoring. So, you know, I, I hear what you're saying tonight. I also feel like we learned that in some of the progress monitoring we did last year because what we, what we did was we said, um, you know, here's our math goal or here's our college credit. So we kind of, here's high level where we are and what we're doing. And through that conversation, uh, our, uh, you know, I left and talking with the team, like, we need to hone in more on the interim goals and then more specifically how we're impacting those. So again, learning for us too, but what we'll start to see as we monitor, do monitoring this year is I think a more narrow focus. And so again, staying in our, in our, role, in our roles, I, that's why I appreciate you know, you're raising, here's what would be helpful to see in monitoring to know we're on target, not you know, questioning whether we're doing it or not, but then we'll actually get to see that. But that was my takeaway from last year. Uh, the monitoring needs to be, a little, for lack of a better word, tighter and more closely aligned to the interims than just the overall broad, mm -hmm. here's what we're doing for literacy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. And a follow-up to that, I think why I scored us low in this point is, is we see some of our focal populations and some of our students whose scores desperately need to increase in this, and we are, we are missing some really important focal populations in here as well. Um, and so how that's going to impact not only our monitoring, but what resources we end up then allocating to those students who desperately need that is going to be critical to consider moving forward. Just as a question, um, as far as I can see, all of these goals are based on very important things like literacy and math and college and career readiness. I was wondering if separately there are also goals that have to do with student wellness. Because as far as I'm aware, we do those surveys where we discuss our school environment as well as our general mental wellness. And those results are recorded 
and you do receive them in some form or another. So whether there is space for interim goals regarding that as well, because student wellness increasing would essentially increase these academic goals as well, because the environment you are in is half of the equation. And I'm just wondering whether those goals exist or if there is room for them at this table. If I can be AJ yeah. for a moment. Borg, why is he know we not have those as goals? Sorry, AJ, I'm taking over your role. Uh, hello. <laughs> Borg, commissioners. I'm setting you up for success, because goals only measure what students, students can do. Can do. Yeah. Students know what are able to do. See, this is yeah. a, you know, and um, so goals measure what students know and are able to do. Guardrails yeah. are how we make sure we're living our values and operating our values to meet those goals. So what I put on the screen when we get to guardrails, we do have a value, um, our, we have a guardrail about serving the whole child. So we have measures on how we're doing that, and actually we're using the measure you noted about sense of belonging, but that goes into guardrails, not the goals. And I think from the board's perspective too, um, the, the mental health and well-being of students should be going through all of the goals because that's a big barrier to their success for all these metrics and so like there needs to be a certain amount of consideration of that and all the strategies and approaches that are being taken and i think that's what the board was hoping to see as we had to kind of really pick a few narrow things to focus in on i think that these goals these first interim goals that have to do with academic performance are the ones that students see the most often in documents that we are given regarding the board's intentions and progress. And I think it would be valuable, this is more general student feedback, it would be valuable to have, to make it clearer to your student populations that those wellness and sense of belonging and absenteeism goals do exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I've heard that as well. I, think I really appreciate that comment. I've heard that as well, that I think there's, from staff and educators, that there's been so far more, and you can't do everything at once, but there's been more awareness of the goals and less of the guardrails. Um, I had a question about the interim goals and this, and the student outputs question, the student, the phrase, all interim goals pertain to student outputs or student outcomes. Is increasing enrollment in CTE pathways, which is goal 3.3, .3, is that a output? I, I, I struggle with this concept of outputs, I have to be honest. I know it's not an outcome, but is it an output? I'm looking at 3.3. Because to me, yeah, 3.3. That's an output. Because to me, that feels a little bit like an input. I don't know. So I don't know. I guess that's a question. That, that's the only one that struck me as a little. And I was wondering if, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I appreciate the question. Essentially, what 3.3 .3 seems to be describing is are we seeing more participation by students in CTE pathways? Am I understanding this one correctly? Yeah. Um, if we're talking about student participation, uh, I, uh, I would, I, participation is an example of an output. Um, you 
because there are actions that are happening to increase the participation. So generally, we're making more CTA pathways available, or we are doing a better job of communicating the availability of CTA pathways. Um, and so I would describe participation rates as an output, but I also tend to describe participation rates as a fairly weak um, output as opposed to a strong output. That may be what you're reflecting on, is that by talking about our students participating, there's a critical thing that it's not informing us, which is? Do they complete the pathway? <laughs> which is, yeah, that's what I was thinking, uh, right? I was thinking, because even completing the pathway doesn't tell you that they're college career ready, but it is a step because that's a, that's a part of the element of the CDE measurement. It prepares them, and it is, in fact, so anyway. That's it, yeah, maybe that needs so, to be changed because I do feel like, I think it was there when, when why CTE pathway thing, when to complete a pathway, you actually have to know and be able to do some things to right. get the certificate right. to complete the pathway. Right. So maybe that one does need yeah, to be I, altered. Well, and you don't complete it until yeah. you're enrolled in this it, so, enrolled. you know, I yeah. mean, so it enrolled and completed. Well, and it might be that the first, the first interim goal is, in fact, enrollment. Like, if we're really, I mean, I don't know. It may, it may be that it makes sense for the first interim goal to be enrollment then and for us to then change it to completion. And the future ones are right. something else that's entirely possible. To answer your question from that perspective, yes, this meets the criteria that participation rates are outputs. Uh, however, as a board, you should know outputs are uh, considered to be a weaker um, uh, participation ratio is going to be a weaker example than output for the reason you all just identified. But if we are if we are beginning something brand new, then that may be the data that you have to lean into. And then uh, as you grow implementation, then you go to more meaningful output measures. I don't know if that's true here or not, but that is certainly something to be mindful of. And so I appreciate you catching that. Any other reflections on can I just, goals, uh, before I, yeah, I just uh, have one. Hey, Jay, this is Mark Sanchez. Um, I just have one question related to what Matt Alexander just brought up with 3.3, the interim goals. Can we look at 3.1 and discuss if that's an, an output or an outcome? The percentage of entering ninth grade students with one or both risk factors will decrease from 6% to 3%. Is that more aligned to an outcome than an output? So, so this is one that I was wondering if you all uh, would look at uh, more closely. I think the, the question here, I, uh, I'm less inclined to, so the first curiosity I have for this one is with what frequency can you evaluate? How mm -hmm. frequently do you know whether or not internet grade students have one or both risk factors? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really talking about middle. It's really. I was going to say it's really talking about eighth graders. Then, right? I mean, you well, have. Well, that's that's perfectly yeah. fine. The question is, with what frequency can the data be updated? So, I, I turned to look at retube, which is not here. But I think, <laughs> I, I mean, because we do get. I mean, students get in middle school. They get yeah. quarter grades and semester grades, and we do attendance reporting. So yeah. it could be updated. I mean, that's what I'm expecting to happen. Because yeah. I did notice all of these are at the end of the year. But they do meet the criteria. We were intentional about picking things that we could see during the year yeah. to see if we met the end of year target. So that one could be looked at. I think 
it would be important for GPA to make a distinction between an uptick, like a GPA on the way up, and a GPA that is staying stagnant when you look at like, like how you rate it from like approaching to blank with the way you self-evaluate, because realistically, you can't change your GPA that much within a single year, especially if you're in eighth grade and you likely aren't taking any AP classes. You have to at least give the students some credit in the sense of approaching a certain thing. So, so these are exactly the types of conversations you should be having to interrogate. Uh, do we have interim goals that really allow us to uh, measure progress relative to the goals that we've been set? Uh, so, what I needed you to do before, because I told you you needed to have evidence, uh, not just have an assumption about it. And so, now that you have done a little bit of a dive into your goals, a little bit of a dive into your interim goals, which are the two main deliverables for vision goals, now I just need you as a team to reach a consensus. Where do you place yourself on the first page of the instrument? Uh, not to not focus approaching, meeting, or master. Uh, so if you can quickly reach a place of consensus, uh, which are, where do you place yourself uh, of those four? Can I ask more of a theoretical question while we're on this section? I'm sorry. One of, yeah. AJ, one of the things I'm struggling with is we as a board set the goals, and then the superintendent sets the interim goals, right? That's, That's the process. Correct. So why is we why are we as a board being evaluated on the interim goals if that's what the superintendent said? Because you really shouldn't be going about the business of adopting your goals and guardrails until you are confident that the metrics used to uh, monitor them are solid. So it is on you to ascertain yes these are solid, and as a result we are ready to proceed with our goals and guardrails. Uh, otherwise, you have no real means of knowing how progress is going to be monitored relative. So is it the superintendent's job to produce? Yes. But it is your job to verify that is your part of the collaboration, that it actually has been done to your standards. And if for some reason it hasn't, then it's on you to consider monitoring, uh, modifying your goals and your guardrails to be responsive to that. All of that normally happens before you ever get around to adopting your goals and guardrails. And so th that is not what took place. You all went the process a little bit out of order. That's perfectly fine, but it doesn't alleviate you all of the responsibility for evaluating whether or not the interim goals and interim guardrails meet uh, the expectations of this instrument. As far as us building consensus, is it helpful for one of us to like present something, people want to have opportunity to share what they think it should be and kind of create some discussion space for that, which maybe it'll be a little bit more time intensive than we'd want to spend. So yeah, I'm open if somebody wants to make a proposal either towards a score or how we do it or I can. But yeah, flexibility to see how we want to go through it. And we have five of these left. This will probably be the most in-depth <laughs> one, but yeah, I think uh, they all are. This perfect. is always the most challenging one, uh, but there's a good reason for that. We could say a score, and then once we've reached that like numerical consensus, we could see if we'd like to elaborate. So all go around and share a score? And yeah. We have to, we have, we have to, we have to, why can't we just do the average like we did for 
We all have to reach an absolute consensus on this? Oh, no, no, like consensus, average. we can reach an average, right? Is consensus? We, we do have an average. Is, I guess. Average. But I think that we need to land on in one of these categories. Yeah. And right oh, now, 11 yeah, okay, is, that makes sense. Yes. We either have, right now, the average is 11.4, so Which assuming we're going to either be approaching or meeting student would be where the consensus okay. ends up, if I had to guess. Okay. I think I'm so the question is, where are you? You have an instrument in front of you. Uh, what have you factually accomplished? What have you not yet that we need to plan for over uh, the next three months, the next year? Uh, what's it? I, I yeah, I would propose that we align ourselves on the green column of meeting student outcome focus. There was the question about whether the board has adopted only smart goals because of. I don't remember which interim goal it was on, but somebody, I think it was Commissioner Matomedy had mentioned that there was the question of... That was more around monitoring, like the, whether that was more, of whether they're achievable. They're just, they're designed in a smart framework, but it, the question is whether or not they are achievable. Um, are we just going around? I think going around or see if you have evidence to disprove me that they would want to offer up and then we can you can go from there and work down to or up to our appropriate score. Well, I can be counterpoint because <laughs> I'm I'm it's still I just reiterate what I said before about not feeling student outcomes focused for the example that I gave before about I mean our last conversation that we just had was some general confusion about inputs, outputs and outcomes, so I, I still feel, I, I do think there are things that we're doing in the other columns. This is not to say we haven't done anything beyond that first column, but I do feel like that is a pretty gaping hole in my experience as a commissioner. Others, folks, input, we kind of start the conversation that we can build around versus having people come back and add well, I'll go back to my point. I think that's this is where maybe I'm struggling with the structure of the rubric because I actually agree with you, Commissioner Matamadi. Like, I think that's an area we need to work on. But when I look at everything else, to me, it feels like we're in the meeting column on this one. And so I don't know that it makes sense to say we're at zero when we're doing most of these things. I would love, I would like to grade us as a in the green column and say, and we need to fix this other thing <laughs> or something or give us a 20 instead of a 25 and say, we got to fix that. To me, I, w I want some more nuance is what I'm looking for. I feel like we're in a game show. The <laughs> <laughs> price is right. Other commissioners want to give input, feedback. AJ, maybe give us prompting if that is helpful to help us land. Yeah, so we have my, my coach question um, here first for a comment. Um, so could we just like very, could I? Could I get a very clear definition of what counts as like an input versus an output in this context? AJ, would you provide that? Can someone answer that question? And then we'll settle whether or not um, Lady's assertion is accurate. 
We're gonna ask the superintendent to uh, answer that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I quizzed you. That, again, that's why, you know, this is your evaluation. So. It's not my quiz, though. <laughs> you can't cheat. Is, is there a Jenny's looking at the page. I know, I was gonna find out. I should have the page in the manual. There's a manual? Stopping. Yeah, I think there's quite a few of us who feel comfortable doing it, but we don't necessarily all want to jump up at the same time. Um, is there anyone who wants to, to volunteer to respond to the question? Commissioner Bishop. I I'm not clear on it. Okay, I'll take a first stab at it, and everyone correct me, because I'm not good with words today. So um, inputs are the resources that we bring into the system the teachers, the programs, the staff, the, um, the amazing things that have to happen for us to get to the outputs. Um, I'm not gonna even try because of our last conversation, but the outcomes are what students can do and know. That, that's the finally, what, that's where we measure is what, when we get to outcomes, that's what students can do and what they know and that's so those are what we're measuring there and when we talk about inputs it's the resources and we just have that fuzzy conversation about outcomes versus output so i'm going to let somebody else tackle that did that answer your question yeah yeah i'll give a shot so inputs would be what we would consider at the beginning of a learning cycle an output would be something in the middle of a cycle of the learning cycle, and then an outcome would be the impacts at the end of the cycle to see, so it's a progression between input, outputs, and outcomes. And a particular outcome could be your score on the SPEC, because that's cumulative. And uh, an output could be the middle of the year, your F&P score for literacy, for example. would be the reading curriculum. And, in, and one input in that sense would be the curriculum adopted um, for that outcome. Can I ask a question? AJ's smiling. Yeah. <laughs> so my question is, has the board consistently demonstrated its ability to distinguish between inputs, outputs, and outcomes? I think I just said proof. That was wrong. <laughs> but then... I want to go back to Commissioner Alexander's point, and so to Mr. AJ. Can we, is there any nuance in this? Because I would hate to, and again, I'm not because I'm, we're afraid of a, a poor score. Like, we started at zero, so it's only up from here, I, one would hope. Um, but, um, <laughs> we laugh. Um, it, it does seem like there is so much important work and, and strides that we've made in the, sec, in the second and third column. So is there, do we have permission to, to not do what you said in terms of how we grade ourselves? <laughs> Can I just, okay, the, I know. The, the question that you're really asking is, what is the culture we want to create in our school system around performance? I, I disagree. Though, I, I don't disagree think that's my I, I disagree. Here, here's why I disagree. I don't, I think what I'm saying is a rubric ought to be accurate in terms of student performance. This is a, this rubric, you have to do everything. It's all or nothing, right? I want to say, yes, we're not doing well in this area, which is listed here. 
and we need to do better. So I'm not about lowering standards at all, but I also want to note where we've done well. If we give ourselves a zero for vision and goals, it suggests to ourselves and the public that we haven't done all these other things. So I want to, I think we ought to, I think it's really important to name success just as it's important to name where we are, have failed and need to improve. And can I add another uh, thing on to Strongly agree that you all have to, you have to name success. I strongly agree with that. As we get into some of the other sections of the instrument, um, I, I think there's a lot of success to be had. Uh, my concern for you is that if you are baking a cake and you add up all of the ingredients except for flour, um, unless it's intentionally a flourless cake, it ain't a cake. And it's, you know, the, the recipe you know, does benefit from having all of the ingredients. And so there are points in your performance as a board that, that as we get into the rest of the instrument, I think will be more obvious. Where struggles in the area of discerning between inputs, outputs, and outcomes is actually hurting you in other areas that, you, that may just be less obvious. The benefit is to say, yeah, we, we need all the ingredients, um, and, and we need to we need to actually bake the recipe that we've told people that we we're going to bake. Like people are expecting uh, red velvet cupcakes, and that's what we promised them. Uh, we need to actually bring all the ingredients to bear uh, to do so. And so the the intention here is not to be you know punitive. Like I said, this is about good or bad or right or wrong. It is about have we done the work necessary uh, to to serve our students as well as we think we possibly can. And if the answer is we haven't yet, then that means that we need to think about what are some of the things that we can do over the next three months uh, that can really move the needle on that. And then in three months, we have a celebration when we jump from zero to 25 or 35. So I have... I have uh... Um, this is Lisa. I'll make maybe two points and then pass them along. I get one question. I, I appreciate that we could celebrate from going to zero to 25, but I also think that there, there's actually a flip side of that, which is we could then become... You could see how one could become complacent and, and be like, oh, we... We actually don't really need to do that much because we're all we're all we're set. Like, but if we had said we're at ten or we're at twenty five, then we're actually going to be really, really motivated to to move on to to the mastering student outcome focus. So I do worry a little bit about holding ourselves back, um, and I wonder if we can we can acknowledge where we still absolutely need to do better, and then still continue to focus. And I I, I appreciate the analogy, but I might say. Okay, you you let's it's not Passover, so we do want flour in the cake, but maybe it's a five course meal, right? And you then you're ignoring everything else and 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 basically saying none of that is worth it and we're just focusing on on the flaws. So I, I do want us to focus very much. I appreciate Commissioner Matomini bringing this up. I hadn't been that focused on it, so this has been a learning point for me in terms of how critical this is to moving along, but Again, I, I'm clearly fighting the hypo here, and if we need to be at zero, I guess that's where we are. But I'm just going to say I just find it to be 
incredibly foundational to like every conversation we have and the kinds of conversations that we want our educators to be having and how we want them to be thinking about um, and our student like to me this is so foundational to to everything it's kind of like if you are learning to play basketball you've learned the rules you've got the basketball court all set up everyone's clear you've been running through the different kinds of plays like that can happen on the court and you show up without your shoes tied like it's just not there's just some basic foundational things and you would you wouldn't let them run out to the court you fully believe that they know how to play and they've got the rules down but they're not showing up prepared like like I just think we have to build this muscle otherwise the rest of the stuff is not going to be tight can I guess I guess I guess I would just disagree a little bit with us being in zero for the first one if people do feel strongly that way I guess I'm curious we could maybe let's go through and just talk through, I guess, do people feel, I mean, is, is really the issue that people feel that we don't understand as a board inputs, outputs, and outcomes, and that's what puts us in the red? Or, so we, we've adopted goals, we've hosted listening sessions around them. I mean, collectively, I think we do have a good understanding. I don't think we all like to publicly say the definition of them around AJ. <laughs> but I, I guess, I don't know. Do you, do you feel that we as a board don't have the understanding or that not every member of the board is as much of an expert in these as you feel like we need it's to be? It's not reflex. It's not reflex. It needs to be reflex. And I, and I don't think, like, I'm not saying, like, zero, like, as a punitive thing. I, this is what we want people to, to, this is what I want people to show up in SPED. Like, hey, you know what? Like, we're not, I, I, I see so much good, but we're not out of the woods at all. So like, we gotta, like, I just am trying to model what I, how I want staff to show up to me when they're like, when there's something that they think is essential in order to get the other pieces done. And I guess, you know, AJ's been pretty emphatic about how the scoring is. And I feel like we're spending more of the time trying to convince AJ to change his scoring system than to like acknowledge that, oh, we identified a gap. Well, I guess I just don't see that as a gap as us not being maybe as, as high as, as you would want all of us to, to be. I guess maybe that's a different perspective. We have Commissioner Lamb. So I rated ourselves at approaching student outcomes focus at town. No surprise, I'm like in the middle. Um, I do agree that it is clear from tonight's discussion and even um, we haven't dedicated, I think, the time around the monitoring, around the interims, and how they feed into the goals, like I said earlier. So, um, but I do think that we have some approaching outcomes focus uh, that we have demonstrated. Um, so I just wanted to at least state kind of where I both scored, you know, ourselves, and then even now throughout this conversation, I do think we are in between the zero and 10, both the not student outcomes focused to the approaching student outcomes. And furthermore, I think that also speaks to, I think some of the presentations from the superintendent and the staff, and there's been a lot of work I know at the staff level and the superintendent level to even also um, embody the vision and the goals. that to me from again from a more fresh eyes position this all sounds like at the very base level if you only look at the titles of the categories this all sounds like approaching like every single person no matter where they put us it sounds as if 
it's circling around the word approaching. And then I think there's a risk of the conversation becoming circular in the sense that a lot of people are agreeing and saying it in their own way. And that way is very valid and important. And I'm learning new things with how each person speaks. And then I also know that you all had a goal of saving time. In the sense, I, I, at risk of, at risk of being mean, um, I do understand that because being conscious of those goals as we move through the meeting as well, and not just discussing the goals themselves, but living them. This is why we need more student commissioners. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, I think my real question, once once we get through the semantics or the circuity of, of not student outcomes focused or approaching student outcomes focused, is we've highlighted the gaps. Now what are we going to do about them, right? Um, you know, you all as a... We're, we're going we're to come to that conversation next. Okay. So the first thing is, where do you all score yourselves? And then the second, and then once you determine where you score yourselves, then I've actually got my notes open and I'm ready to type. What are one, two, or three things that you want to do to try to improve between now and the next happening? So first, kind of land, where do you all put yourselves? Um, and again, I want to emphasize this is a culture-setting opportunity. You have, I have not opined on what I think your score is. Uh, what I've been pushing you is, however, is wherever you think you are, that is how you need to score yourselves. Uh, this is not about uh, anything else that you want to be accurate on this. The message you don't want to send is, hey, seniors, I know you didn't actually complete all of your requirements, but you completed all but one of them, so you still graduate. Hey, you know, staff, I know you didn't actually you know, complete all the things that you said you were going to do, but you completed you know, most of it, so we won't get into that. I, you want to be accurate about what you have and haven't done. You want to identify whatever kind of score that gives you, and then once you've done that, we'll sit down and uh, briefly think through, okay, so what is, even that's where we're at, what is one or two, maybe three tangible things we can do over the next three, six, nine months in order to really grow performance in that area? Uh, and so where are you all at? And then once you've got that figured out, then let's chat about what are we going to do next, and then let's move on because we've got plenty of other pages of the instrument. Just to confirm, AJ, you are asking us to get to consensus as far as where we want to land, right? Uh, so my strong preference for you is this process works better if you want to reach consensus about what is your current state of performance. Um, you are not the only board to ever do this. Getting the consensus is not typically the challenge. Uh, thinking about what are, what are some of the next steps of the process that sometimes creates a little bit of challenge. Uh, but but getting clarity about what is our current state of performance that, that is not designed to be the hiccup. It's designed to be pretty straightforward. You know, it's either this column, that column, that column, or that column. Okay, now that we've confirmed that, what, is the, what are the next steps? What are the things that we'll take over to improve? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just wanted to say, and maybe this is similar to what, what you were saying, um, Leilani, is that I think I'm not hearing a ton of disagreement, although maybe I think what would be useful is if we're hearing 
disagreement in our analysis of what the problems are, what the, what the areas of weakness are. I think that's the most, I think what's most important is this conversation and having consensus on those areas. I think there's some disagreement on the scoring system and whether it's possible to build, bake a flourless cake, um, which we've sort of done, right? Like maybe we've baked a lot of the cake, but we didn't, we didn't use the flour. And so there's some disagreement on whether that's valid, but I think what, What's more important, actually, is, the, is that we've recognized that that's, there's an area we need to improve, and there's areas that we've actually done good work. So I'm just curious if there's places where we think it would be useful to have further conversations. I don't think, like, I don't think arguing over the scoring system is helpful, I guess is what I'm saying. So I guess I'm wondering if, if folks see areas that, where it's like, oh, wait, there was, there was actual real disagreement among us as to where we're at. I think we can score ourselves a zero and recognize the great work we've done. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. That's what I mean. Like, if we're, if we want to do that, so if we're going to abide by the okay. scoring system, okay. we, uh, we do need to give ourselves, I give us approaching, but I, if we're going to abide by the actual scoring method, then it's a, we are in the first column. It's but we can acknowledge the things at the same time that we've done that are, fall in the other columns yeah. that are better. Could you say why you feel like we're in the first column? Because if we're going to follow the system which says you have to meet everything in the column to get to the next column, we, I agree with Commissioner Matamadi, we, we haven't done that for the inputs, outputs, and outcomes. It's not re reflexive that we can just, maybe it is that we're saying in front of AJ and we're afraid, but uh, um, we, we clearly are not there yet. And so if we haven't met that part of that goal, the first one, um, in that first column, then we can't move to the second column. I don't appreciate that scoring method, but that's the method we have right here. If we're intentionally going very word for word and by the book and by the rule, it doesn't say anything about reflexivity. It just says that you're able to distinguish them. It doesn't even necessarily say anything about defining. It just says that you can distinguish them from each other. And I think it's important to look at how it will look to students just numerically if the board says we are not student outcomes focused. Where it is, it is very important to reflect on yourself and to not give yourself too much praise just to look good to the student population, but you have to consider how that fear will affect our own school environment because that this is something that is going to be public information, whatever that score is. And especially parents specifically, I know, are somebody who are maybe looking at this more. I think that that is important to look at it from the other side as well, which doesn't mean we should compromise the scoring system or compromise our own values, but that is another angle. Well, it's kind of like what you said before. And again, see, this is where my gut on a rubric would, if you asked me where are we, if you just said to me without these descriptors, are, you, are we not student outcome focused? Are we approaching? Are we meeting? Or are we mastering? I actually would have said approaching um, because that's just my gut feeling of like, we've done a lot of good work, but there's areas we still need to, you know, we're not there yet, even in meeting, I would say. But, but again, I think then we end up arguing over the details of the scoring system. So I don't know where we want to go with it. Can I, can I clarify like why this is, because um, I hear you and I certainly wouldn't want, I, I would be very careful about how that's communicated as far as like not stu students 
outcomes focused, because that is not at all what I'm trying to say. But what I think is important to admit is when you recognize you haven't made as much progress, and, that, and, and then the next, what AJ was saying is the next steps, what are you gonna do about it? Like, I think that actually is a really healthy thing to model for students and families, is the what are you gonna do about it? Not like, oh, well, I guess, you know, we tried and failed and walked away. And so going, like, if we are not, with this part, it does matter, because I think we feel approaching student outcomes focus, but the doing part has a lot of work. And when we sit up there at our business meetings and we approve things that we don't understand and that could be better spent and be better as, uh, aligned with our goals and our guardrails and all the things, but we haven't spent the time pushing on inputs, outputs, and outcomes, then we may feel good we may be saying the words, but what we're performing is something completely different. And that's where I'm at with it. And so this is, to me, a very big deal to step back and to say, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, the, the theatrics are great, but, like, the underpinning and the staging and the lighting and all the stuff is, needs to be some serious reworking. And so I would communicate it to, like, this is what I want you to do as a student is to when you recognize, like, I'm, I've got, I'm, like, I, I've just been, like, I had, um, you know, what is that called? Like, when you didn't realize, like, I was, I was blind to something, like, or I didn't, that yeah, you, that is not the time to double down and say, like, well, that's cool, now I got it, you showed it, so, like, I don't have to behave differently. And that's why, the, that's why our Again, consent like, agenda is so important to me, because that is the bulk of what we do, I, in a lot of ways. I just want to jump in. I think I definitely see what you're saying. I think the thing that I view differently, and so for me, like being like when high schoolers, I think I put us at meeting student outcome focus. It, it's it's not to say that we've done all the work in the district is is there, but it's that we have reorientated the board to be centered on that. And I think we've done the majority of those things to be. We've done all the things in the green category, the orange category, and the pink category, in my opinion. To, to be there, even though we haven't implemented it fully as a district, we have set the standard and the target to be outcomes focused. And I feel like we have actually done that. We haven't fulfilled the vision organizationally, but I think we have set the path and the goals to do that. And it, for me, looking at the things underneath each of these, I, I do cross them out as us as a board having those skills, knowledge, and abilities, and then the things that we've done and gone through collectively. I do see them as things that we have have, have met. I'd like to amend, I think, hearing what you have to say, that makes a lot more sense. And I think this isn't necessarily our department, but it is a term of, it, in terms of display, where when, when a student or a parent or anybody else looking at these statistics sees that zero, they can then immediately see what is being done why that score is there, what the board specifically has to say about what that, why that score is the way it is, and then that would, um, that would like amend the fear that would happen at seeing, upon seeing that zero. So then I think that is more in terms of a display thing, and that pushes me into the faction of being okay with that zero. All right, folks, uh, you have basically spent as much time talking about how your performance will appear as you've been talking about your performance. We need to wrap this up.
what's the score of, and then it, whenever you've reached that conclusion, what are one, two, or three things that you want to do over the next few months uh, to really continue to grow your performance? to give the support leadership. So, I mean, we could all go around. If, if we're going to do consensus, then I think we would all go. I think we've all said what I think what we want to share. So maybe, President Bogus, it's okay if I make the suggestion. That go around. We, we indicate where we are. Um, we see if we need to go around again. And, and then we um, focus on what our next steps are, no matter where the number is. How's that sound? Sounds okay. good. All right. Um, I was going to make someone else go first. <laughs> um, I can go first. Well, we know you are. Yeah, you do. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> President Bogus, lead us off. All right, I'll go first, and maybe we'll go to my right. Sounds go good. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm still seeing us as outcome focused just based on what I feel like we've done and accomplished and how we have set ourselves up to. Uh, really be centered on student outcomes, so that, that's kind of where, where I'm at. All right, so 25. 25. Okay. Yeah, I say zero, and I mean that is no disrespect to the work that we've all done and the buy-in. I think there's so much great stuff that's happened, and and I think we still have some, some foundational work to do. Okay. AJ, are you tallying this? Uh, Okay. At the risk of repeating myself, I believe we've done a lot of the things, if not all of the things in the meeting column. However, I agree with Commissioner Batomedy and appreciate the analysis around the inputs, outputs, and outcomes. And so I will defer to my colleagues. So if, if I don't need to, um, I mean, if it was just me, I'd, I'd probably put it, I'd probably give us a 20, but, I, but, but I'm, and give ourselves a deduction off of the meeting column. But I know that's violating the rules. So I'm going to um, just defer to others. Um, in order to try to reach consensus, because I don't think it, I think what's more important is the content. So you're, you're abstaining. I'm abstaining, basically. There's Sorry. no abstaining. Well, no, I'm, uh, I told you my <laughs> score. If yeah. you're wanting to score, it's a 20, but okay. I don't want to, I'm willing to go with zero. I'm willing okay. to go okay, well, with zero, that's, if, okay. if others want to do that. All right. Um, I'll repeat what I said. The rules are the rules for the rubric, so I will give it a zero, even though my original score was a 10. It's the same exact place where I was started at 10 and, and going to be a zero. Um, and this is why we're having this process and this conversation. And I'm looking forward to the what do we do next part. I did start out as a 10. And then I called the, our consultants to say, I'm, I'm super confused about the scoring system. And that's how I landed as a zero. But I'm very excited to look at to celebrate the things that we are doing well in the other categories and, to, and to, to do the work so that we will quickly advance out of the zero category. I feel like I've already shared where I'm at, so I'm comfortable if colleagues feel like we're in the zero. I do think that we've made some progress, but if this means that we need to be more disciplined, starting and modeling from at the very top at the governance level on inputs, outputs, and outcomes, then I am in full support because then that has to get um, adopted and not just, I don't, I don't want to use the word socialized, but really adopted, ingrained throughout the entire system. So I'm already for 
seeing some future board meetings and through the superintendent and working with the staff around like really tracking what is an input, output, and outcome. Ideally, I'd say five, but because that's not an option, I'm going to go zero. I would say a 10, but after hearing everyone's comments, um, I'm gonna go down to a zero. Um, I'm excited to see all the things you guys, or all what the board does to move it up to a 10. Um, but we're just missing a few things, and I know we'll get there. Do folks think we need to go? And, and the superintendent? Oh, well, I do get to evaluate? Huh? I get to evaluate. That was a self-evaluation. Oh, but he's a board. You are. He's a part of the governing. Oh, I didn't fill it out for. Uh, oh. uh, just your thoughts for what yeah. the work. Um, no, I, I appreciate the conversation, and I um, agree. Uh, you know, agree that if we're, you know, following this rubric and what we've committed to, that we're a zero. And I think, just want to emphasize what, what AJ is talking about in terms of the culture setting of this activity, right? Think about what we want to communicate, and I feel like we are trying to communicate two things then. Standards matter, and we'll both celebrate success when, and our effort towards them, but if we're not meeting them, we're going to take steps to, to get there. So let's talk about what those steps are, because I have a feeling I have to do some stuff. Too. As long as it's not consensus, because I didn't agree with that. Yeah, he didn't. So I don't know. So, yeah, and I. Did he yeah. give an actual score? I, know, yeah. I said zero. Yeah. Got it. All right, so now, real quick, what is one, two, or three things that. Well, I think that's what uh, well, we don't have consensus. Really we do. Wait, sorry, EJ, just. Well, we're, we're not. We don't need unanimity, but I guess consensus is only. As long as. President Bogus isn't saying I'm blocking this from moving forward. We do have consensus. Then you do that. Are you blocking the conversation? Yeah, I don't agree with the zero. You don't have to agree. You don't have to agree, but there's a difference. In order for the consensus process to move forward, you. I don't think a zero is a valid score for the work that we've done and where we're at. Right. So you don't. You have. To, you absolutely do not have to agree with the zero. But but so are I you would block, block a zero vote? Is what I'm saying. Yeah, for consensus. Okay. So that, so that means there is not consensus. Okay. Would you agree with 10? Yeah, okay. All right. Next. So, well, so board, that means that you can either spend some time trying to reach consensus or you can move forward without consensus. Move forward. Yeah. Can we put a plan more. in place that hopefully gets us to consensus with for the next evaluation? I think, AJ, you mentioned the next steps were to try and put a plan in place to fix where we were. Or to address yeah, where we are? Cer certainly. But before we move on on that, again, this is our, one of our first times doing this, so I'm being a stickler for this, so that this will be really, really fast. And in the future, when you all do this, this is normally like a 15, 20 minute process. But it's normal for the first time for this to be uh, as challenging as it is, as we're all just kind of norming around. So um, I hear that there is not a consensus on the board's score. So the question is, does the board want to take some time to try to reach a consensus, or does the board want to move on with the score without a consensus? I just need to understand that for going forward. I think we want to move forward based off kind of where we're at in the conversation we already had. Is there anyone who disagrees and wants to dive deeper? Seeing nobody. All right, so the score is zero without consensus. Now the question is, 
what are one, two, or three things that you all could do, uh, actions you could take over the next few months to really continue to grow in whatever areas of opportunity there are? Any recommendations? I think one thing I would lift up is just maybe having more training for kind of commissioners, student delegates, um, and just kind of everyone around the inputs, outcomes, and outputs, um, and just both to understand which ones are we using, how to define them, and just to increase people's level of like confidence and understanding in them. Um, seeing that as being, I think, like our biggest barrier to getting away from zero for most folks. Any other ideas? We got one idea of more training for commissioners and student delegates. Any other ideas? I would like to see more information about our VVGGs more prominently placed everywhere. Um, you know, we've yeah, it, uh, we can use the trickle down economics theory, or we can blast it out everywhere. How I don't know, but. If we have this level of confusion considering our training, mm -hmm. you know, and, and in the spirit of modeling best practices, right, we've, we've got to really highlight this and, and emphasize this. Got it. Uh, anyone else before we transition? I have a request to, similar to, we have a one-pager for VVGG. I would like to um, have the interim goals and guardrails also within a one-pager somehow that it's, not seen as separate, but it's actually very kind of visually accessible um, to our school community, I mean, to our broader community. Because right now they live is like decks. Yeah. No, I was going to say if you had thoughts on what you were talking about, because I think it's good. Well, two, two things come to mind is really how do we. Um, model this at our board meetings how do we have our conversation so it's clear about when we're having a conversation about an input when we're having a conversation about an output when is it an outcome related conversation because there are input and output I mean it's not like everything is um, so I, I think that would be a way for us to develop our muscle and to model it for um, the community around us and also, I will just reiterate, like, I would like to see it come through or through line with our expenditures and how, um, and how we align our expenditures and, um, and have it clarified in, in there as a way to help us. I'd request that on that VVGG sheet, I don't know if that this would be included, but like concise definitions and differences between those things because I'm personally having trouble understanding the differences between a like a goal and a guardrail like intimately. I understand it on a base level, but I'm sure there are examples where I would not be able to distinguish whether it was one or the other. Can I I, I think that there are many groups that have done a good job of aligning to the visions, values, goals, and guardrails. I think a lot of our central teams have really redefined their work in relationship to our goals in particular. And so being able to highlight some of those best practices and, and raise some of those examples up, I think could be really positive as well. Seeing no other comments from commissioners right now? Uh, yeah, the one other thing that I would add in, um, which is somewhat related to what some of you all said, so um, 
I like the idea of you all taking it upon yourselves to create a one page or something of, of that sort about the interims. Uh, I like that idea. Um, you know, that sounds like a great thing for a board member to take on of you know, what might it look like, um, is that that helps you get strengthened in your knowledge of them as well. I like the idea of more training for commissioners and student delegates. However, I would modify that. I think you all aren't giving yourself enough credit for all the amazing things that you have done and you do know. I would recommend modifying that and say commissioners and student delegates will provide training uh, on effective governance practices for students, staff, community members. And I think going through the process of having this conversation with constituencies will actually strengthen you all um, in these conversations as well. And so we can certainly do training, and obviously I'll make myself available for that. But I think you all are actually stronger than you give yourselves credit for. I think the next step for you all is going out and communicating about these things to others. And so don't worry, I'm typing all this up. I'll send it over my notes, and it will include some of those recommendations and what are tangible next steps. So that brings us to the end of vision goals. By the way, this is always the rough. Uh, it's always the roughest one because it needs to be because we're both learning the instrument and the team dynamics uh, and uh, and some of the uh, nomenclature. So with that, let's go to the next page: values and guardrails. The board will, in collaboration with the superintendent, adopt guardrails. And as you heard earlier, the intention of goals is to really capture what's the community's vision for what students should know and be able to do. But that talks about what's happening in the world of students. It doesn't talk about what's happening in the world of adults. The guardrails are really where you capture the values. And generally speaking, it's not perfectly accurate, but generally speaking, guardrails are more likely to describe what is, what is it the adults in the system are doing to try to accomplish, or what, what are the values that the adults won't violate the path to accomplishing uh, the goals. So that's what brings us to the second page, values and guardrails. How do you score yourselves? And again, the intention here is to uh, ask whatever type of question you have. I'm certainly available for that. But to really quickly try to get to a place of consensus and then try to identify what are some next steps on our continuous improvement process. The floor is open. How would you score yourselves? I scored us as a five. I scored us as a ten. I also scored us as a five. Me too. You're so positive. I think we look at these maybe a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah, that was a I guess I, I would ask for folks who, who picked five, if you would just kind of share what was the one you felt like that held us, the ones that held us back from from being above there. Um, I, I have notes. So yeah, okay. please. <laughs> um, so there was the status of each interim guardrail is not currently scheduled to be updated multiple times during the school year. The draft governance calendar does not include updates for guardrails one, two, or five. Guardrail three is scheduled four times, and guardrail, guardrail four is scheduled twice. The superintendent just left the room, AJ, so. Um, and then the other is um, currently, in my reading, several of the interim guardrails do not clearly meet the SMART framework. And I can give examples, but 
Yeah, but now he's back. So. Uh, Could you give examples of the smart couple piece? Or, do, or does anyone else have, I have similar? Yeah. yeah. Did you put a zero? Um, I thought I put a five. Because they're not sm I think that, that needs to be a zero then. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Yes, I did put a zero. <laughs> I, I don't know where the mic is. Can you, people hear me? I don't know if it's, it's right here. We can yeah, pass but I, it like, for example. Yes, I did put a zero because I was reading my, okay, yes, it was Because I put, Yeah. I don't know what I put, but now that I'm looking at it, I guess I don't have my, the thing I turned in in front of me, but I, now that I'm looking at it, I think it's clearly a zero if, if the interim guardrails need to be SMART goals because some of them, like, like interim guardrail 4.1, is just uh, increase the percentage of classrooms which are fully staffed from August 15, 2022 to 2024. Well, I guess that is measurable, but it's not, it doesn't include what they are. Um, it doesn't include the starting point. The yeah, exactly, exactly, which I would consider at least very useful to, to clarify that as a SMART goal. I, I think there's a number of them that actually are like that, that are kind of, that aren't specifically measurable, but could be with a little bit of tweaking. And that's absolutely correct, is with a little bit of tweaking, all of them very much could be, but you have accurately identified that several of them are not. And then if, if we meet the criteria in column one, not student outcomes focused, and we move to column two, then we're automatically getting five points, right? Is that... Once you get to column two, you score no. yourself as five points. Is no. that correct, no. or am I wrong? At the very top, it says okay. no items from the not student outcome focus, and, and oh. you have to have all of them. Yes, and I. So, superintendent, when you yeah, walked out, one of the things that um, we had raised before that was just that the status of each interim guardrail is not currently scheduled to be updated multiple times during each school year. So if I, the guardrails, it does not include um, updates for guardrails one, two, or five, and guardrail three is four times, and guardrail four is twice. You're looking at our monitoring calendar? Yeah. Um, and AJ, does an update mean, what does an update entail? Because one of the things so we're putting down so, so the requirement on this page is that for each of the interim goals and interim guardrails, that the data, that new data is available multiple times per year. So if it's something that only updates once per year, that is functionally worthless for tracking progress within the year. So to track progress within the year, you need it to change at least once, so two different data points during the year, preferably three or four or a lot more, but at minimum, it needs to update at least twice per year. So if you have something that says something about uh, some type of data that's only knowable once per year, then that would not be eligible. Uh, what Lady might actually be talking about is actually in the next section, monitoring accountability, okay. is with what frequency are goals and guardrails monitored. But that is the next topic. That's not this topic. So this is how frequently is the data updatable. The next page, monitoring accountability talks about how frequently should the board schedule monitoring reports to come to the board. Um, so those are two separate issues. Okay. So then, yeah, I mean, some of these, some of the interims are still not in the format we've described. Um, and, and I've been more focused on, I mean, some of it, we just you're trying to get some of our baseline data stuff. 
but that's a different question. Um, I mean, definitely we set up the goals to be monitored throughout the year. I'm going to have to go back and look and see if, that we can, like the staffing, I mean, throughout the year we know staffing vacancies, let's say, but it's really critical. Well, I guess it is critical throughout the year. I mean, we could look mid-year, but we're continually, I mean, particularly right now, we're continually to try to find staffing. So I'll reflect on, on that piece. And I do have a follow-up question, but I'll wait till we get on the frequency of monitoring them, but then I'll wait till we get to that. So, so the so, guardrails are supposed to be um, end goals without more elaboration, like within the guardrail itself. Yes. So it's like a guardrail would be something that is like more far out because I know we want them to be smart, right? But achievable doesn't necessarily mean that it's all laid out within the guardrail. Or should it be more laid out within the guardrail? That, like, how that is to be achieved? The guardrails are more the conditions that were the they're the what we're telling the superintendent he cannot do when implementing the goals. Um, so, for example, he can't make any major decisions surrounding the goals without getting community input. That's one of them, right? They're all, if you look at the way the interim guard, or the guardrails are all laid out, they're all, and this was the hard part for me, they're all in the negative, right? The superintendent will not, the superintendent shall not, um, you know, like the whole child. The superintendent will not do anything that doesn't take the whole child into account. So it's, it's like, super, you have to meet these goals, but within these conditions, within this bucket. Does that help? But so, um, is there? Can we reach a consensus on uh, where the board is for values and guardrails? And then, once we've done that, let's identify one, two, or three things that the board can do uh, to continue its improvement. Yeah, I guess I would recommend that we find consensus around zero, as it being that we don't have our SMART goals for the interim goals um, in the place that they're supposed to be. Um, and so that would indicate that we are not at a five yet. I can get behind that. Is there any, no, we don't have all uh, commissioners here, but is there any disagreements amongst present folks? So it seems like we do have generally consensus. I think we'll check in to make sure everybody's back. But I don't know if we want to transition to the, the next step part or how you want to handle AJ, but I'll pass it to you. Before we do that, can I just recognize the amount of work that staff put into these mm -hmm. and getting us to this point? I think that's that's really important to recognize. Yeah, I want to recognize, but I also, uh, and. Can we pass the mic, please? Yes, I want to recognize all the work that's gone in um, in this past year. But I think it really demonstrates just the type of work that this board is leading with, just how one instrumental, essential, and how far we were where we want to go in service and servicing with our students and their outcomes. So I just wanted to state that because it is so clear to me just now doing the self-evaluation that even though we have done a tremendous amount of work over this past year that 
trying to move a system of this size. And when we talked about level setting on what inputs, outputs, and outcomes are, we have a lot of work ahead and how we spend our time monitoring that progress. Is there a consensus around the score? Yeah. Okay. Yes, there is. All right, what is that consensus? Zero. Not absolute All right, numbers. What, so what are specific steps that uh, the board could take next on your continuous improvement chart? Um, uh, direct the superintendent to update the the uh, guardrails to be smart um, and come back and, and review together is one. Um, and then also uh, get clarity on on what that updating the updating of multiple times for each guardrail looks like. What our expectations ought to be around that. So what I've typed in my notes is add a review of the interim goals and interim guardrails to a future board meeting agenda and add a review of the the monitoring calendar to a future board meeting agenda. Is, does that capture your attention? Yes. She said yes, if you couldn't hear okay. me. Um, I had sort of a related question was how does this interact with the monitoring progress monitoring sessions I mean I guess I'm assuming we should do that step before ideally before the progress monitoring sessions correct or it would, it would be really helpful to, well, to review the interims uh, as quickly as is reasonably possible so that's really a question of for staff, how quickly could they make some adjustments and bring us back? Uh, but yes, because that does have a direct impact on your ability to effectively monitor. Because I guess par partly to say, I think that the strongest part of this whole process, to my understanding, and the reason, the thing I'm really looking forward to is those progress monitoring conversations this year. I felt like the ones we had last spring, even as sort of practice, were really helpful. Um, and so I just want to make sure that we're prepared for those. So I think that's going to be the place where we can really dig in on, on, um, in terms of thinking about accountability and uh, pushing pushing forward. So I just want to I don't know make sure that we're ready. Yeah, uh, and we can definitely provide some more preparation for board members individually or small groups um, in advance of your next progress monitoring session. So I'll add that in my notes as well. Anyone else? Next steps on this one before we transition. Can, can I actually ask a uh, clarification question that I was struggling with when I was going yeah. through each of the interim guardrails? Because some of them um, don't have baselines because they haven't been measured before, so they just have increased by a certain percent. And I wasn't, sh I, I wasn't sure how, how that would work. And then I did have one particular the guardrail 4.33, which is improve heating systems to reduce work orders submitted by heat by 20%. Like that is a smart goal, like it's measurable. But one, it raised the question for me is how, do, do we want them to be related to students? I mean, I wasn't clear on how it just, yeah, and I didn't remember that one coming forward to the 
board for discussion. It's a lot. A lot of the other ones can just are more around like how are we monitoring? Where's the, how is the baseline set? Like that kind of stuff. But that one in particular popped out to me as is like, does this even count? Oh, which one were you referring to? Um, interim guardrail 4.33, which is improve heating systems to reduce work orders submitted about heat by 20%. I, I mean, I am not pushing back on and improving the heating systems. That is not what I'm trying to say here. But I, in as a guardrail for resource allocation, especially as it relates to student outcomes, I was I got stuck there. Uh, got you. And so I definitely don't want to uh, discuss uh, deep dive in individual interims today, but when we add the review of the interims to a future board meeting agenda, I think that's absolutely going to be fair game. Um, and the question that the board is trying to answer for those moments isn't do we like or dislike the interims. That is, that is not for your discussion. That's not the intention. The question is, um, is there agreement by the board that the interims are a reasonable interpretation of the guardrail itself? So when you read guardrail four, would a reasonable person read that and look at that and say, yes, I can see why heating systems would be a part of that. I may agree or disagree, but I can see that. Or would a reasonable person look at that and say, this has absolutely nothing to do with heating systems. I don't see I can get there. If, if it's the latter, then it'd be the job of the board to modify the guardrail to help clarify, to add clarity such that the superintendent uh, would see clearly that no, heating symptoms is not what we intended. But as a board, it's always your job to assume that if there's a lack of calibration between the board and superintendent, your first assumption should always be we were not clear as a governing body. And so that's the step we need to take um, and assume that the superintendent did his job. Uh, we just need to do our job to be more clear. But all of that can happen as part of a future board meeting agenda interim review. Is that responsive to your inquiry? Yes. Yes. Uh, that was a yes. Um, okay. I, I would like to put forward that I think possibly expanding that it, I think the intention is that the environment, like the literal physical environment that students and educators are in, contributes greatly to their ability to, for the educators and administration to effectively run their school, and then for the students to effectively be present in their education. And I'd just like to put forward very much that that heating systems, definitely something that I can attest a lot of students would agree with, as well as a lot of educators. Um, and I'd like to definitely keep that within the sphere of what the board is looking at and what the community like is looking at. Yeah. All right, hold, hold that conversation until we uh, have a review conversation about all yeah. the interests. Uh, so uh, we've got our consensus on this. What I'm looking for is, are there any other next steps before we transition? Any other next steps, specific next steps before we transition? Seeing none. Oh, Commissioner Fisher, you want to All right, excellent. Then let's move on to monitoring. Can I just say one, one thing then as we're moving to the next? Change. What's that? Well, so I, I'll just say, uh, no, uh, 
This is, again, no, 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 just the learning, the, just the, again, the learning, the guardrails, I'm going to say the finding interim guardrails that both reflect what we mean as well as are measurable are tough. So I did share that one in June. I don't know if we ended up talking about it. That was a, um, but it was in, a, in, an, in an update when, when we got to the end of the year. But that's tough. And I'll say AJ, I mean, AJ's been a great resource and I've even checked, and AJ, you can, uh, you know, correct me if uh, point me to a different direction. But as I check with other districts, the guardrails are tough to figure out exactly how to measure them. So just appreciate that there's another opportunity to come back and tighten some of uh, some of these. And the heating one will be a good one to discuss because it's a balance between it's both very narrow but easily measurable. But it does represent. To me, it's indicative of a broader system that you know because we could pick five other facilities issues. But if our facilities start getting better. Anyways. Did, but we do have a draft governing calendar um, that's been shared internally, and I did count out each one. Currently, goal one is monitored twice, goal two is monitored three times, and goal three is monitored twice. And the board has not scheduled each guardrail to be monitored at least once per year. We have not adopted a monitoring calendar. We do not track its, you know, et cetera. So, and yeah. Is, is there a consensus I thought I heard one but it's hard to tell from the, what does the silence disagree? the silence is a zero I'm, I'm personally abstaining though. okay so it sounds like at the moment there's a consensus but if somebody uh, if we need a great consensus and discuss it so be it assuming there's a consensus what are next steps? What are some tangible next steps that the board can take on its continuous improvement journey? Um, I think it, to Commissioner Matamani's points, we need to look very closely at this first column and make sure that the monitoring calendar reflects um, that each goal is going to be monitored four times a year. So those are sort of very tangible steps, just making sure that we have stuff on the calendar with yeah. sufficient frequency. Um, I know that we are now tracking time, and maybe it came up in, I think I, I had some comments in a different part, but um, making sure that the tracking of time is something that is publicly available on a, on a regular frequency. So yeah. whether it's quarterly or monthly, I'm not sure. I, I want to be mindful of, of staff time as well, but just making sure that um, we are tracking and then making it available at regular intervals. So actually, I want to offer a modification. The board members are welcome to shoot me down on this one. But my recommendation 
is that for the next seven months, maybe nine, if the school board members want to get involved, that for the next seven months, one board member take responsibility for doing the time use evaluation for the previous month. And so over the course of the next seven months, then or nine months, then all of you will have done it once, which I think will give you deeper insights into it and a greater sensitivity to how you all spend your time, as opposed to having staff do it uh, for you. Um, if you choose to take that recommendation, then I'll gladly commit to working with whoever's month it is to help you through that process. So that is a recommendation that I would have, but I'm not going to write it in my notes unless one of you takes it up and says, this is something we recommend for our next step. Well, I want to clarify that that was part of why I was asking, you know, what we meant by our time tracking pie sheet earlier. You know, it, like, that's why I was asking what particular activities that we were doing at what meetings fell into the other category. Like, this pie chart was created from some Google sheet or Excel sheet or something, right? So what, what led into these calculations? So that's kind of, so let me finish, AJ. Let me finish, AJ. Please. So if, if we're going to take on, we have to be really clear. I, I think defining, you know, what qualifies as a student outcomes conversation versus what uh, qualifies as a budget conversation because I feel like so many of the conversations we have, you know, any one of us could subjectively qualify or could do it in different ways. So I think before we take this on, we have to better understand what we're talking about. I'm not saying no, I just think it should be a conversation in greater detail and in greater form. Um, but that wasn't really, so with that. I, mean, I do appreciate, uh, that is a fair point. Uh, I mean, again, I think we were not clear, but I can share more how the analysis was done. But then, uh, yeah, everybody, how do we know, AJ, then if nine different people are doing the analysis that it's the, uh, it's consistent? Exactly. Well, well I think that's why, uh, if you all chose to do that, I would work with you. So there is a document, that it's a spreadsheet, you just have to fill it in, that it has explicit definitions for basically everything. And so it's just a matter of watching the video and identifying which of these definitions was met in the moment and then tracking the minutes back. So there's a spreadsheet, um, there's a full set of instructions. Uh, this is not something that you all would be independently making up. Yeah, I did it. I did it that time when I had COVID, yeah. <laughs> and I was bored, and I was watching the meeting at home, and um, I could because I couldn't attend because I had COVID, and the and it was very interesting. And I would highly recommend. It. I think that's actually the best way to learn it is to do it, yeah. and then I think and then I think it, it builds self awareness for all of us around what those different elements are. But going back to our grading rubric here, um, it just. Some of this was really informative for me um, when we were talking about. Uh, um, so, like for example, one of the criteria here is the board has not consistently demonstrated the ability to distinguish between customer service issues and owner service issues. I think that's an. To me, yes, I see that as you know a big part of our understanding in the same way, just understanding the process. And, and some additional information for us as commissioners, for the public who attends the meetings, and the, the district as a whole. Um, 
building upon that, actually, I, I would I personally would benefit from more training around this. I get it's I get tripped up on that, and I also see um, stop sign behavior, <laughs> like you know the the example that you gave us in training, AJ, um, and I think I don't know if there's training that or coaching that you could provide to help a step back and look at more root cause analysis as opposed to getting drawn into like a particular solution or recommendation at a, at a, to a specific situation, looking more at the root cause and what are the underlying concerns of the community that we're trying to, to address. I, so going back to what, what, what would you suggest as far as training to get us to really understand customer and owner stuff and then also getting out of the um, you know, delivering the stop sign mentality. Yeah, uh, and I can definitely put this down um, as a training opportunity, but I would recommend two things. One, uh, I find it's helpful to work through some scenarios, and so that's something I can do with you all, again, either individually or collectively. Uh, but then I also find it's really helpful to for you to have to explain it to others. And so if I were going to make two recommendations, those would be them. One, that I offer some scenario training for you all to help you really fine-tune your sense of, are people bringing something to me that the best person to meet their children's needs most quickly is actually the teacher, not a board member? Or is the best person to meet their needs, the children's needs most swiftly, a principal rather than a board member? So I can help provide some scenario training to help hone your instincts around that. But then the real way to bring it home is you all help provide that training and coaching to folks in your community. Um, and, and I'm super excited to support you in either of those. So I would follow up around um, as a next step then for us to do it as a group um, to understanding that type of scenario analysis. And then from there, from that, next body of work then what the next steps potentially would look like is we going into community and i think that's something i would also like to explore around the scenario i do think there is a say calibration but um be curious around working with the superintendent as well um once we go through this initial scenario um training with the board around the governing team because I think there's still some pieces around um, the customers um, and owning, you know, that ownership at the staff level. And then um, as owners um, and as, as board members reflecting the values of the community. Yeah. I'd like to suggest that with that training, others being helpful, it would definitely, I think the student delegates find that it would be very helpful if that training others could be steered in our direction, as in we would love some training specifically from AJ or from you guys regarding this. And then separately, um, the student delegates do have to leave at nine. So anything, we have something to say about communication and collaboration. And if there's anything specifically you would want our opinion on or want us to hear, then that should probably be brought forward. I'll just share. I was, actually about, oh. I was actually about to recommend that we move on to the next page. Yeah. Was there something else about monitoring accountability? 
Um, yeah, two, two things. One, just since you're leaving, I'll share. We, so we have, um, we're, we're getting out the communication on this, but we have AJ coming uh, to do um, a workshop with families and SSC Saturday, October 14th. I actually also have him scheduled to stay to work with uh, district leadership on cascading the vision, values, goals, and guardrails. So Mary, Mary Kate's here. Uh, let's plan on this, uh, and AJ, if you're okay with it, let's plan on the 16th then also finding some time for AJ to meet with our student board members. Although I really like the idea of our board doing the training. You know, it's, it's nice when we get to meet with you, AJ. Uh, and then the other thing with just this one, we are going to, I don't know, we're going to have to rethink about our board calendar. I guess when we put together the monitoring calendar, had more focus on like the rhythm of our data for the year. But if we're supposed to have, if we want to have four monitoring sessions of the goal, our monitor each goal four times per year, and then monitor each guardrail five, once per year, that's 12, 17 monitoring sessions. That's a, in, in every monitoring session, are you saying, AJ, for it to count? It needs to be a board discussion item. But so for goal monitoring, those never go on the consent agenda. Those always, you really want to talk about that because that's the most important thing. Are we serving our students? Yeah. Um, and what's working, what's not working? How do we improve? The guardrail monitoring reports uh, are, are consent agenda eligible. Uh, but if any individual board member has concerns about performance relative to the guardrails, then that should immediately be pulled off and then have an actual conversation about it. So you'll always discuss the goals no matter what. You'll just only discuss the guardrails if at least one board member has concerns about performance in that area. Considering our current discussion tonight about guardrails, I don't think they're ready for consent. I think they should be. Yeah. So we're, gonna, we're just going to need to think through this one, and I don't know that even but by now to next year we'll get to the meeting level. I mean, we're already two meetings in. And, yeah, sorry, go ahead. We can Did you want to, do we want to let our student delegates share? Is this the one you wanted to share? Uh, that is, ours is based more on improvement, so if we like to score, then. Well, what was that? I couldn't hear that. The student delegates point is based more in improvement and moving forward, so the scoring. Okay. No, go, go ahead and share, because I, I understand your time is, uh, is running short. So the SAC, the Student Advisory Council, um, in the past year, there was a form of governance that was redone, as far as I understand, where resolutions are no longer put forth. So that was the SAC's largest way of engaging with the school board. And now the SAC feels that they have not necessarily been given a clear path forward in how to continue engaging with the board in the way that they had before and to continue improving that engagement. So the SAC is just one example. I'm sure there are other student organizations who feel that they are lacking that level of communication and collaboration that they expect and also would like to improve. So one thing I'll definitely volunteer is 
to make time to visit with the SAC if invited. Obviously, it's not my meeting. Uh, to talk through what are uh, really powerful ways for student leaders to have their voice heard. Now, part of that is distinguishing the previous conversation between are these items that belong to the superintendent or items belong to the board. So I certainly encourage you all, if you have concerns that you want to bring before the board and superintendent, to do so. Now we're just now we're just having a conversation about what's the best way to do so. And how do we dis discern between is this a superintendent issue or is this a board issue? Um, but if it is uh, the will of the student advisory council, I would gladly make myself available to support you all and figure out how to best make sure that your voice uh, is is never squelched in any way. I would just add to I think a part of it is a lot of the things that have historically come to the board from the Student Advisory Council, from advisory groups, from community coalitions, nonprofits, parents, students are things that actually should go to the superintendent and that we as a district need to have internal systems and protocols to be responsive, whether it's to address a problem or to build a partnership or a collaboration. And I think what we're trying to figure out now is what we do in the interim as we build those things out to really shift that focus so the voice of people doesn't feel gone in this moment, but really towards a place where people who are doing the actual day-to-day -day work can actually get that information and implement those things in a way that we as a board can't directly um, impact those things in the way that the staff who are doing the work day to day can. Um, do folks want to say numbers? Is that where we're at? Is there other conversation maybe before that that helps to have? Our communication and collaboration, right? That's Correct. right. Zero. Yes. Zero. I was also at zero, but I'll just say, I thought we mm -hmm. checked everything in zero, unlike the other stuff. We just hadn't checked everything in the next, in the, um, sorry, I didn't print out in color. What it was, oh, the yellow, the orange. orange. Yeah. So that, unlike the other ones where we hadn't even met everything in the zero box, I do think we did. We just didn't check all the, the stuff, specifically about the, the tracking of time and um, those specific Categories. I think the categories that are in um, that we have in the um, in our presentation today they, they, they don't match. They're not the same categories. Mm -hmm. So we just missed out of one point. My, I, <laughs> I thought we were going, to be going from zero to something. <laughs> So I think we... Uh, any, anyone else? Is there a consensus or a recommended next steps? It seems like there is consensus that we do not have all of the accurate meeting tracking protocols in place. So we are at the zero, not student outcome focused. Well, what are some uh, next steps that board, the board of board members can be taking? Board tracking. Yeah. <laughs> AJ, would this be... I guess I don't... Is this... I I'm, don't really understand the difference between the tracking stuff here and the tracking stuff that we just spoke about, where you made the recommendation that that we as board members and student delegates take take that tracking on ourselves. I, but whatever that recommendation is, I think that seems applicable to this as well. So um, just to crosswalk, and the one that the superintendent gave you, what the superintendent has listed is action 
board governance discussion items and other or would all count and this uh, instrument as other. The section about public comment might uh, fit with community engagement depending on how it's structured. Uh, if it's not structured as two-way interaction with folks, then it would also uh, fall as other. And so essentially what your administration has done is taking what we describe as other stuff that doesn't seem to have a strong connection right back to your goals and guardrails and broken it out into subcategories. But the, the instrument that we recommend uh, of, does not indulge in the generosity that you give your superintendent does. I would say it was more precision than generosity. Well, well, okay, can I just ask a clarifying question about that? Because one of the things that in the, in the training we've talked about, there is, you know, we should be primarily focused on student outcomes, but there is like obligatory compliance work That's that right. we have to do. And so that would that be in other, except for the voting part of that? That's correct. So essentially, the work that's recommended here is that if you say that your students' learning and growing is the most important thing, then the coaching is don't tell us that that's what you believe. Show the people that that's what you believe by making that which you spend the majority of your time on. But when we say the majority, we mean that somewhat literally, like 15, 51%, recognizing that the rest of your time, there are legitimate operational issues that you need to attend to and legal matters that you have to attend to. And so that's why the recommendation isn't 100% of your time on student outcomes. Though I would love that my heart for that to be the case, I just recognize that that's not a reality. I have a follow-up question. Um, where does public comment fall now? Because I remember, AJ, you remarking at one point that you did not recommend necessarily limiting public comment. Does that is that included in the 100%? Because so, so it, it depends. This varies by state. If this is something that is required by state statute, then we don't track it in that at all. We just simply say that is a reflection of the legislature's uh, decision making, not the board's. Um, those elements that are not required by state statute, then it is tracked uh, as part of the board demonstrating its discretion on how its time is used. And we do differentiate between public comment that is not an authentic two-way interaction with the community, which will be strongly recommend, and community engagement, which is what we describe as that intentional two-way interaction. And so if it's the intentional two-way interaction where you're really talking about the vision of the community, then that, that we recommend the board does a lot more of that than you are currently doing by a long shot. That there's nothing wrong with public comment, but public comment is a two-way. So if somebody, if to really understand what's in somebody's heart, you need to be able to have a conversation back and forth, public comment doesn't afford that. That's why we do not consider public comment an authentic form of communication. It's not, we think it's necessary, and in your case, it's actually a certain amount of it is definitely legally required. Uh, but it's not, it doesn't rise to the level of two-way conversation with your constituents, which is what we recommend that you build more time into your calendars too. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think that makes a lot of sense. I, w I guess I was just asking. I didn't want there to be an incentive 
necessarily to reduce public comment in order to increase our percentage on outcomes. I want to spend more time talking about outcomes, not restrict the voice of the public. So that was all. Thank you. I, yeah, I agree with what you said. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Any other recommended next steps on communication and collaboration? Seeing none. All right, unity and trust. Parent advisory councils. We want to dismiss our student delegates and thank them for their excellence and thank intelligence you. and thank participation. You. Your comments were so helpful. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I look forward to. Uh, connecting with each other, whatever ways I can be supportive. I was eager to serve your predecessors, certainly eager to serve you in whatever ways you're being uh, that you need. The SAC would definitely like to have you as soon as possible. We very much open up our meeting time to you. Thank you. All right. So uh, don't book an early, book a late flight on October 16th, please. They meet on the Consider it done. adopted an ethics no. conflicts of interest we statement. Have, we have a conflict of interest statement that we have to provide to the city, right, mm. every year. Oh, right, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. yeah. That's so that's by law. That's not a board policy. It's not a board What was that? Just, it, like, there's some city stuff that go governs us, but this is actually more in reference to us having individual policies, right? Well, like, for example, in my work, I, when I came onto the board, I sent a proactive email off to district leadership stating what I was going to do to prevent conflict of interest. We have a policy in my company about how we firewall me from the work that we do, but that conversation has never happened SFUSD to me. It's always been proactively me out and in our work internally. But you don't have any work in the district doing this work. Well, that's what I'm saying is how, how we keep me from doing because my company does work that in advocacy around SFUSD, but I am completely firewalled from it, right? And I, all of my clients that I had that were SFUSD clients, I had to hand them over to other people come when I became a commissioner. So we've put a whole lot of policies in place in my company, but that's just me independently. Know what there's not been any conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I proactively have communicated yeah. that to the district and what I'm doing and in an attempt to cover myself in the district, but no one ever came to me and had a conversation with me or provided me with a policy saying, hey, let's talk to sure us. Right. right, right. But there's, you know, that's just because I know what I, I've done the research on my end. There's not been anyone who's come to me and said, here's what you have to do. Yes. So saying? this sounds like a fairly easy fix, though. It does. 
Well, so I would just say we could, there's, you know, very boilerplate type policies that we could put in place in like two seconds, pretty much. But I do want to flag that if we do want to be on meeting student outcomes focus, there's very specific um, elements to what, what they're proposing here um, that I just wanted to flag if we want to get that extra two points. Um, oh, in the green column? In the green column, yeah. I might have a problem with this getting to the green column. So it seems like we have consensus that we are in the unity and trust category, not students outcome focused because we haven't developed internal policies that govern us. Yet. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are the recommended next steps? Develop policies with specific language to allow us to approach or meet student outcomes. All right. Um, that, that is something that could definitely work with you all. My recommendation on that is similar to what you all have heard from me in the past. I'd recommend putting together an ad hoc uh, committee that just hammers that out, you know, does a bunch of the homework for the uh, board, hammers some, something out, and then bring something back for the board's consideration, and then the board can decide, you know, does this work for us or not, what modifications do we need to make? But that would be my recommendation to expedite uh, progress on the uh, item of this. I don't even know if you need a committee. Right. AJ, the California School Board Association has a bunch of policies, and we tend to use those as templates. I'm sure in five minutes we could Google search and find a conflict of interest in ethics policy. But no doubt. Uh, I, I'm not suggesting that it would take the ad hoc committee long to do its job. <laughs> Any other recommended steps for unity and trust before we move on? Um, can I can I get clarity? When you say this ad hoc committee, would you suggest that we uh, attempt to get the ethics and conflict of interest statement to the green column, or just do a quick and dirty of the yellow column definitionally? Like, I recommend that you aim for a masterful focus on student outcomes. Hello. I just want to kind of chime in on the conversation regarding conflicts of interest. So, in a nutshell, there is a lot of information about conflicts of interest, and and with all due respect, you don't have a lot of wiggle room to negotiate the meaning of any of that. Also in a nutshell is that the district is precluded by law from advising individual board members as to their own conflicts of interest. That is particular to you as individuals with whatever's going on with your finances, your spouses, community property, business interests, so on and so forth. Now, historically and throughout the state, general counsel can give general advice, which you are not allowed to use as a defense when you're charged with a crime, to say these are the contours of conflict of interest. I say it that way very bluntly because that comes from the FPPC, right? And there's an FPPC hotline that I encourage you to take advantage of 
that you can speak to somebody generally, and I don't, I, I don't know any, I'm not a representative of the FPPC, but it's my understanding that they'll get back to you within 24 hours. And, you know, if you are lucky enough to get a written opinion from them, that might be something you can rely on. So, you know, with conflicts of interest, because individual board members stand responsible both civilly and criminally from that, I highly recommend that we look at the information that's available to us first and then think about, you know, of course, adopting things with S, you know, CSBA and whatnot, because no one size does not fit all. And that's why, specifically, the law doesn't allow us to advise anybody individually because there are so many permutations about financial, and financial interests are usually the first kind of situation, and then you have common law uh, conflicts of interest issues. And so there's a lot, there's a lot there. Can I ask a follow-up question then? I, and I don't know if you have access to this particular document. Because I, I mean, you don't have to opine in this moment, but like, is this something that we can even do, or are we going to be running a foul of some other type of? Right. So I've been monitoring the conversation throughout the evening, and there are several areas that the law will need to be taken into consideration. I will just leave it at that in the sense of saying, number one, we're on an open microphone, and I'm not going to give you confidential legal advice one way or another because I would strongly advise that we do so in some other method that's a little more robust and frankly protected by the attorney-client privilege. But when we're talking about, say, issues about the Brown Act, right? Very rigorous rules, not a whole lot of wiggle room, uh, conflicts of interest, very rigorous rules, a lot of enforcement, not a lot of wiggle room. So yes, I do see situations here where because this is a self-evaluation of the board, I'm with the understanding that the board also recognizes that you operate in an environment where you do not have unlimited power. We are regulated by the state, we are regulated by elections law, education law, penal code, government code, so on. I mean, the, the list goes on and the laws are plenty. Federal law, state law, court opinions, so any decision made by the board absolutely is in the shadow and with the understanding of the law. And, and, and whether we acknowledge that or not, we're all held responsible to it and be held liable for it. Did we do something else? No. <laughs> I, any recommended next steps before we move on? Okay. Maybe we take a step back and, and understand whether what, whether we are in a position to have uh, ethics and conflict statement by the board, like whether that's um, even even okay. Uh, if you're asking that of your attorney, certainly welcome to answer if he's willing. Yeah. Uh, all that I would still recommend. I stand by my previous recommendation that this should really is better done by a committee that can sit down with your attorney and hammer this type of stuff out. Any other recommendations in unity and trust before we move on to the last page? Oh, I thought we All right. Uh, let's go to continuous improvement. Um, can we uh, reach a consensus around the score? And what are next steps? Continuous improvement. That's page. 
Well, considering this is our first sub-evaluation, I think that puts us at zero. Yeah, because we need to vote on right? it. And this is not an action item. So didn't we do an evaluation together at the previous yeah. retreat? Yeah, I feel like we, we did. No, but we didn't vote. In, the, no. in, this, in this first column, yeah, we have to vote, also over a vote on it. A year ago. This is actually your second yeah. evaluation. Yeah. Was the first for me? Yeah, it was. Just like in May. May yeah. I mean, I think oh, yeah, because we've not had even started. The 12 right. months, I think, is a little bit off because of our schedule. Like, we couldn't do an evaluation before we finished the yeah. school year. And the 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 zero doesn't reflect the work that we've done. We're so close to one. And the commitment <laughs> of continued work. So. And is it because the twelve year period piece is what folks think, or just that we didn't? I voted it at zero because I didn't know y'all did a self-evaluation at the seminar, so I thought it this was, was pretty light. Yeah, it was not a. It was just circling a bunch of zeros. But I mean, I mean that's <laughs> but all I think. No, but I think. Well, and that's where. And that's <laughs> but why I, I mean, think, when you look at our yeah. zero today. Well, that's what I'm saying. That was why I was arguing. That was why I was arguing for point seven zero, even though I'm support. I'm supportive, but that's because I do think we've made a lot of progress. So I wanted to see. Maybe that's what I want. Maybe I want a column that's like between the zero and the one or something, so we can show, you know, some some level of. What's going to well, like in the IEP? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is so similar to the IEP process, right? You know, you develop measurable goals and then you monitor them throughout the year. You come back and report on the progress a year later. And even though our students don't always meet their goals, you have to celebrate the progress that they've made toward meeting, right? Um, but when they don't meet their goals, you put more supports and services in place as you develop the new goals. So here we are. One thing I wanted to note um, is with the time tracking we put under other around rape rewards, I think with some minor adjustments around, you know, how do we recognize the accomplishments of its students and staff um, towards progress of goals and interim goals, I think that would be a, um, a great kind of opportunity to really then also uh, make that connection from our school sites, school communities in the field um, to the work um, more broadly at the um, student outcomes um, goals that have been set by the board. Oh, I like that. A rage goal for math, a rage goal for reading, a rage yeah. goal for college and career readiness. Or guardrails as yeah. well. Remind us what is the um, recommended cadence that we do? Is this an annual thing, or or is there like a? I mean, if, if as far as like our own monitoring, right? We're asking the superintendent and staff to do regular monitoring. Like, is there a, a version of this where it's not so intensive, but we're at least assessing progress? You, you talk about with the board self evaluation. Yes. Um, uh, check the last descriptor under mastering. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I didn't even bother to look. Up. <laughs> if the score was above 80, then you can only go once. Thank you. Okay. Got a place to go. It's a quarterly. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, the first 
and time you've done this in a while, this always takes uh, a bit because you're norming and having created and shared understanding around things. Uh, so, example, my board last night did our quarterly self-evaluation. Um, I think it may have taken 10 minutes, maybe. Um, but that's only because we do it every quarter. And so we, I mean, people know exactly what it is. Like, oh, we missed this. Where are we at? Okay, this is what we're going to take on. And then bam, 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 and then you move on. And so the intention is to do this quarterly in the same way that you would monitor your students' progress on a quarterly basis. The intention is that you monitor your own uh, so that you're constantly looking at how, how do we get stronger um, on behalf of the students we serve. Okay, so, so give us a little pep rally, AJ. What did you score? How long have you been doing it? What did you start with? So um, my uh, district, we started this process in, I want to say, September of 2020. And our first, uh, the first score was taken in October of 2020, and it was at 12 points. Um, the score, I I can't remember the score from last night. I should, I have a written down score. I don't remember it. Um, but our last, I do remember last quarter, and it was, I think it was 82, maybe. This was essential. Uh, I remember the first time we passed 80 points was, I want to say, 26 months after we got started. And that's about right. It normally takes about two years to go from zero to um, 80 or above. And, you know, and the recommendation isn't, Anything other than it's ideal to be north of 80, 80 or above. And so it's not like try to get to 100 is the goal. It's if we're 80 and above, we're really, really aligning our work with our intention. That our that our actions are actually aligned with our intentions um, and aligned with our intended impact. So that's the that's the game plan. It normally takes boards about two years to get there. Like I said, so that's. Just a, just a hair over two years uh, to uh, ex meaningfully exceed eight points. Practice makes progress. Okay. Thank you. Uh, to put it in perspective, you all are currently, what, 15 months into this process? Um, and so I suspect, based on what we've learned this evening, you could very well uh, blow past uh, what we did and the amount of time we did it uh, based on where you all are at. So I realize that there's a bunch of uh, zeros here, but there's a ton of work that you've already done that with just a few minor adjustments, it wouldn't surprise you. You could very well find yourselves coming back in three months, assuming you do the work, but you could very well come back in three months and be um, in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Uh, because you have already done so much of the work, and you all said, that's worth celebrating. That doesn't change the fact that you are where you are. Uh, but it does mean that in a very short order, you could be, uh, you could, the score could demonstrate very capably the hard work that this board has put in. Uh, any other recommended next steps before we close this thing out? Uh, then I would just ask in closing, what's one thing you'll take away from the self-evaluation process? And I will email you, uh, I'll probably email to Judson, my notes if you don't mind, um, and then you can share it out with everybody. What's one thing that you'll take away 
for taking a moment to self-evaluate. If I can go uh, first. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, no, I just think just the, the fact that we need to be significantly more diligent in ensuring that we're doing all the key things and that we're really living up to our expectation of making sure the superintendent and district staff are giving us the things that we need to really do our jobs. And so I think really just making a bigger emphasis that we have to do a much stronger job of ensuring that all these kind of little things are happening. Um, and definitely just as board president wanting to be I think just more actively engaged in ensuring that as we, you know, hit the end of this semester that we have uh, a lot more points and progress made. I mean, that we're just a lot more accountable to the things that we've committed to do in ways that this process uh, has shown that maybe we haven't and that, you know, we all collectively have maybe another level of, like, study to take as far as mastering the concepts and things in here um, as well. So I guess those are the things that I would add as reflection. I'll go around I guess I'll um, well this parallels the work that so many of our educators are doing right now we just adopted a new reading curriculum right and it's not like you go to one weekend of PD and then you've mastered the curriculum it takes ongoing training and coaching and everything right so this is us modeling that in, in the same way um, practice makes progress practice doesn't make purpose practice makes progress and so I think this uh, this is going to be a journey for us, and I'm excited to be here doing the work with all of you and um, and the leadership team in the district. Yeah, echoing Commissioner Fisher, I think, um, and kind of as I said earlier, I think the the important part is the process, not the score. And I think we've come to a um, a much deeper understanding of where we're at and what we need to do, and a, and a more collective understanding of that. And so I've really appreciated this process and look forward to continuing the conversations. Can I add one more thing? Yeah. I just, the nerd in me, the, you know, the, the A-focused student, I want to point out that the weighting of this is heavily geared towards vision and goals and monitoring and accountability. And so um, I think we are so close. And honestly, I think that's that's where it should be. That's where the bulk of our work needs to be, right? So, um, you know, a, a little bit more effort in a short amount of time, and like AJ said, we can really increase our score. Sorry to interrupt. No, no worries. Uh, would you say uh, practice makes progress? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, um, as I welcome my fourth graders tomorrow, my new oh, class. Um, we emphasize always social emotional learning and growth and the growth mindset. Um, so even though we have zeros and we have a lot of growth to do, those zeros actually actually do reflect, as other people said, that we have actually done a lot of groundwork and we have a, obviously a lot of growth to make, but we can do it. Uh, I don't know if we'll get to 80 necessarily in yes, two we years. Will. Come on, Mark, we can do it. We can do it. Okay, okay we'll get to 90. In two years, <laughs> no, I think we'll make a lot of progress, and I, I really appreciate um, the opportunity to work with this group to do that. Um, yeah, I think AJ, to your question of sort of the takeaways and what have we learned? I mean, I don't know if this is something new, but a reminder that you know, self-critique, self-awareness can be hard and uncomfortable, but it's also necessary and motivating and important. So, onwards. Thank you to you all for <laughs> hearing me out um, and indulging my, my 
tough grading. I appreciate that, each of you. Um, and I just, for me, the real takeaway in this conversation is just remembering that, that we are modeling this. We are the ones that know this better than anyone else in the district. And so if we're asking people to carry out this vision, like we need to walk it and talk it and, and help others come along with us. So that's modeling it and being willing to ask questions or admit like if there's something that I don't understand or I'm stuck on is that's, yeah. So, but I think I, I feel we've made a lot of progress in the last 15 months. Some key takeaways is that um, this work is not easy. It requires focus and discipline, just like the experience of our, our students and our educators, um, what they're doing every day. Um, and that this is truly a journey um, and that we are benefiting from either from being coached to now I think actually moving into the coaching um, you know aspect of our journey and just like tonight thinking about um, you know how, as we're reflecting so how are we going to engage in our in the community? How are we engaging with our student leaders and our students? And that truly uh, we are the ones, um, you know, this journey when we started, right? 18, was it been 18 months? Um, I just feel very grateful to have gone through this work um, and know that there's just so much more um, of growth and, and that our students are really gonna um, benefit from this governance work. We forgot to thank AJ. And of course, without saying, thanking AJ for his tremendous mentorship um, and also the connectiveness to the work, not only in San Francisco, but connecting with our colleagues from across the country and learning about their journeys and their learnings has also been um, just so appreciative and grateful for that experience. And still to this day, San Francisco, I think, leads the way in the state of California to adopt a student outcomes goals and framework. We were the first. I, I would uh, offer, as a way of closing out, it is entirely improbable uh, that a board would struggle uh, with its growth uh, in the uh, absence of a core coach. Uh, or, uh, <laughs> uh, um, and, and so the, the challenge that I take on this evening uh, is certainly to uh, try to match the hard work that you all have already put in um, and the enthusiasm that you demonstrate for the work with a uh, willingness to rededicate uh, myself and the work of my team uh, to being more attentive um, and to be doing a better job of supporting you all and uh, being available to you all as you need. And so um, I, I want to match your commitment, which possible free students, with my own commitment to supporting you um, in pursuit of that possibility. Uh, uh, board Chair, the floor is yours. Thank you for your time. 
All right. I think at this time, then we will go to public comment. We will see if there are any cards for public comment in person, and then we will see if there is any virtual public comment. I have no public comment cards for in person. Thank you. Is there any virtual public comment? For our virtual participants, please raise your hand if you care to share your public comment on the workshop on student outcomes. And can we please have that repeated in Spanish and Chinese? Thank you. I'm seeing one hand raised. Sapria, go ahead, please. Hi, uh, this is Sapria Rohe. I just wanted to thank you for engaging in this process of self-evaluation and um, you know, emphasizing this really important point about walking the walk and you know, uh, not just talking the talk, making sure that we're modeling for, uh, for students and for the rest of the community what we want to be achieving as a school system. So I very much appreciate that you all took the time to engage in this, and I appreciate Mr. Kravel's efforts to, um, you know, to assist and support the board. It's very valuable work. Thank you. Thank you. Vanessa? Hi, good evening. Um, happy new school year, everybody. I wanted to just mention that um, there is some really great opportunity in here, right? And I'm going to ask each of you to really work with community leaders as you move these opportunities forward. I know that me here at Parents of Public Schools of San Francisco has not really heard from some of the commissioners, and we would love to talk to you all about what our reflections are. So just encouraging more partnership and more collaboration for this school year. Have a great evening. Thank you. Hava? Hi, I just first off welcome back and thank you for all your work. Um, the first thing is I just wanted to highlight three things that I heard. The interim goals really, um, I've said this before, um, I'm almost begging you to consider reevaluating some of that <clears throat> and to encouraging um, smart goals for some. The second is I do hope that you will have more data and monitoring in board meetings, as you've named. And when you do it, I am begging you to not only do data for all students, <coughs> but to cross-reference the intersectionality and break it down. And the third thing is, yes, community engagement is still a need. And the fourth thing is, I just appreciate all your hard work. 100%. Thank you so much. That's it. Thank you. That concludes our public comment for our virtual participants. Okay. Uh, thank you for everyone providing public comment. And with that, we will adjourn this meeting at 9.31 p.m. <laughs>
SFGovTV. San Francisco Government Television.